0: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling.
1: You are listening to the flagship podcast with your host, Joe Lanza.
0: The fing son. I don't know what you people see in the sun. I don't know how you people do the sun. It's it's just the dirt worst. I want nothing to do with it. I'd be content never going out in the sun again.
1: In rich Krage. This is the dumbest show. I cannot. Believe. These people. Pay, some people pay us ten dollars to listen to the show live. This is what we give them. We've, for forty-five we've, minutes. Been doing this for
0: ten years. <laughs> Why? Ever bigger than ever. More people listen to us than ever. Than ever. Why? <laughs>
1: And we are live on the Flagship Podcast. I am Rich. He is Joe. Joe, what's happening?
0: No. What do you mean no? No, we're we're not starting the show that way.
1: <laughs> what do you I mean, demand no?
0: I'm, I'm going to tell you no. You're on a
1: strike. You're not going to do the show.
0: We're not starting the show that we're way. We're
1: not starting the show. Okay.
0: And if, listen, I deserve... A proper introduction this week (laughs) after I was the only man in wrestling media (laughs) to correctly predict the pay-per-view success of Forbidden Door. Therefore, I refuse to start this show until I get a proper introduction. And that starts with some proper entrance music. So producer, hit my theme music. Oh my god!
1: I can't believe you're doing. This. For the record, I I do not want to meet any of these demands. I, I feel I've been bullied into this. I've been coerced into these demands. Um.
0: Now that
1: Hercules, my the mighty, music, the mighty Hercules, is playing.
0: do not talk over my entrance music. Sorry,
1: I apologize. Well, your demands were that I do talk in front of your theme music, right?
0: Do not talk over my entrance Got music. It. okay. As <laughs> I enter <laughs> the den. And now, Rich, as I demanded before this show began, give me my proper introduction as my entrance music plays. Or...
1: We will not begin this show. I was, okay, I was going to ask, what is the alternative? If I just do, refuse these these barbaric demands, uh, what, what what happens? The show just never starts. We never do there anything.
0: There will be no show. There
1: so will be no show. So I can be, get on with my night. I can just... We, we hit stop. We move on.
0: I will exercise my workers' rights. <laughs> and there will be no flagship this week.
1: <laughs> that sounds great. All right. So I can just or go do whatever I, I want with my night. I can just go on and... Hang out with my dogs and play some video games So or please, please, so, Captain. <laughs> I'm sorry. So the the downside is I don't have to talk to you for three hours. That That is the negative of this scenario. I can either meet, meet your horrific demands, which I refuse to, or the show just ends and I can go do fun things.
0: My proper introduction, please. This is unbelievable. Really cool.
1: <sighs> we have 50 people listening live, so I don't want to countless others at home on free feed and people that will listen to the replays on YouTube on flagship I don't want to let them down so Joe welcome to the flagship podcast I am rich he is the accurate pay-per-view predictor the lord of pay-per-view predictions Lord Lanza hi Joe
0: now that is an introduction befitting God damn it. of the only man in wrestling media who accurately predicted the success of the Forbidden Door pay-per-view, a man with the perfectly honed instincts, the most compelling voice in wrestling media, your lordship, Lord Lanza.
1: Do you have a, a, a scepter or something? Do you have a a? I do. A, a crown. <laughs> if this Are you you sitting podcast, in a throne? You're sitting in a throne.
0: I, listen. I am adorned with a cape. And I have my scepter. Which is, well, it's it's a makeshift scepter. It's uh it's actually a uh, a, a princess wand I borrowed from the girl. But at any rate, I am ready. I I am now been properly introduced and i am ready for three hours of championship audio
1: (laughs) you're gonna be uh, how unbearable are you gonna be today listen (laughs) i just admitted it (laughs) i usually like you too and i hate you already the people that hate you will never come back actually they will because they can't stop so they'll be back they'll be here
0: this is the victory lap of all victory laps. We were told, Rich Kreich, you can turn the, the entrance. Music oh, the music has been off
1: for a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I I'll let the producer know in our, in our, in our special yes. back channel communications that, uh, that that he or she could, could lower the volume of the yes, and, and they did. So thank you to the producer.
0: Uh, we were told across the wrestling media landscape that this show was destined uh, to fail. We yeah, were told too many, that too
1: many Japanese people. I don't know who these people are.
0: Horrible build.
1: No stories.
0: TV nobody liked. Um, we were told. No Naito. That be... No Naito. We'd be lucky. To do 85,000 buys for this show. But there was one man. With perfectly <laughs> honed instincts. Who. For a month straight. Came on this very show. And said, I remain bullish on the Forbidden Door. One man who came on the Thursday TV reviews every week for a month. Assessed the situation using facts and logic and the perfectly honed instincts. And said, I remain bullish on the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. And I believe the Forbidden Door pay-per-view will be a success. And that man... Was the Lord of Pay Per View Predictions, Lord Lanza, and that's why.
1: For the I record, this, this is the only time I'm gonna ever call you Lord Lanza. Well, listen, I'm never doing it again. You can do it on your solo shows. I'm good. I'm not calling you Lord Lanza.
0: I wouldn't have done the show otherwise because I deserve that kind of introduction this week for being the lone accurate voice in wrestling media, while the doom posters were doom posting back and forth proclaiming this pay-per-view dead no, I said nay this pay-per-view shall be a success and it was so yes I deserve that introduction I deserve the scepter I hold in my hand and I deserve the flowers being bestowed upon me by the listenership Rich (laughs) Krejci But I have to give you some credit. That's right, Crate, you. Uh oh. You, I, I have to give you some credit. Um, first, I want to read you four numbers. Are you ready? Uh, sure. 9.20. 9.20, point... okay. Yeah, let me read the numbers. Okay, I'm, I'm writing
1: them down 9.20, okay.
0: 7.37. Okay. 8.61. And seven point nine six. Those are four numbers. Do you know what those numbers are, Rich crates
1: I would take a guess. Those look like they could be cage match numbers, but I don't. I, I would just guess on the on the the current rant going on that maybe these are the dynamites leading into Forbidden Door. The ratings of the dynamites leading into Forbidden Door and cage match.
0: These are the ratings of the four dynamites in between. What was it? All out? Double or nothing? Between Double or Nothing.
1: Lord of Pay-Per-View Predictor, it was uh, Double or Nothing, yes.
0: Yes. Never mind that.
1: (laughs) September. Okay, go on. Yes, Lord.
0: Double or Nothing is old (laughs) news. Those are the four dynamite ratings in between Double or Nothing and The Forbidden Door. Four television shows that inferior pundits and members of the wrestling media almost universally claimed were failures and bad War builds towards the pay-per-view. It was nonsense, Cratch. The viewers enjoyed those four episodes of Dynamite, and this is where I give you some credit because you reviewed one of those Dynamites while I was on vacation.
1: And I, I felt like I was the only person on Earth that liked that Dynamite. By the way,
0: you and I, sir. I know.
1: I got I got done doing the t- the TV reviews because I did it almost immediately after uh, the show. I, I did it at, like I watched the show and 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 recorded it like. I don't know, maybe five minutes after the show ended or whatever. I didn't see any other people's views. I stayed away from everything. I just went boom. I hit record. I had my notes. I went and go. I released it and people were like, oh, I don't know why Rich liked the show. I can't believe Rich liked this. I was like, what? I can't believe everybody didn't love the show. I, I was dumbfounded when I was done with my, my the Thursday T-Reviews and just everybody hated the show. It felt like me... And, and and like one other person on the planet Earth enjoyed that show, and it was was that the, 9.7 one or That's the like, nine point seven yeah, whatever like like the, the universally loved. Kind of I swear to God, no, I nowhere else. I everywhere else I looked, everybody else hated it. But then for some reason, wow. yeah, I liked it. You liked it. A few other people liked it, and uh, apparently everybody on Cage Match liked it. So I don't know what happened there.
0: It was you weren't the one that was off base. Clearly, the viewers enjoyed it. The Doom posters, Rich. I ignored all that nonsense. There were four very well-received Dynamites by the people who count, the people who were going to purchase the pay-per-view, the viewers. Shtick aside, those are four very good scores. And okay, cage match isn't the most scientific, it isn't the best method, but it's a much better method than trusting the doom posters on Twitter who are all doom posting all to pop each other. Doom posting is contagious, Rich. It really is. We've probably all been victims to it. There's nothing wrong with those dynamites. People enjoyed them. Rich, two of those four dynamites were number one on cable. So this idea that they were running off the viewers during this forbidden when. The go home was number one on cable. They didn't run anybody off. People were into the dynamites. The Moxley Tanahashi segment spiked through the roof. The quarter hours are right there. All the evidence was there to suggest that people were interested in this pay per view, which is why Lord Lanza remained bullish on Forbidden Doors Byrate. rate. I said buy rate. I shouldn't have said by. Oh, yeah, someone Mookie in that. So, going to yell at me.
1: Yeah, the Mookie guy. I don't know where. And again, where the hell is that guy? Where the hell's Mookie Ben in, in He's years? Listening. Yeah. The,
0: the buys. That's why I remain bullish on the buys. That's why. That evidence plus, we know AEW fans. We knew they were gonna
1: buy this thing. Right. Well, I, and like I always, I always said, I, I you need to present me evidence that I, I remember. Last week we talked about it. I said the only hesitation I have is I don't know what people are gonna be doing on a weekend in June, on a Sunday or whatever. Are they going to be out of town? Are they going to be doing something else? Do they have any desire to sit at home and watch a favorite? That was, that was more of what was going to be the hesitation, not the, oh, my God, there's Japanese people on my screen. What do I do? I must now turn into a corn cob and I'm never buying a thing again. I, I was basically saying, okay, yes, that is my one hesitation is what are people doing on the weekend? What are people doing in June? Are people you know going to be able to do this? And what I always kind of said was the people that were saying, oh, I don't know. This thing's going to be lucky to crack 80,000 buys or whatever. You have to present me with the AEW fan that for some reason has no interest in the show whatsoever. The AEW fan that doesn't want to watch wrestlers that are constantly featured on their channel and on their show and on their thing. Why would they not watch this paper? You know what
0: their evidence was? They got wrapped up in the trolls.
1: Yeah, I, that's. I just was waiting for up, something. And they got wrapped
0: up in the doom posting. They People got wrapped up in the doom posting. Like, if you
1: like John Moxley and you've purchased other shows that Jon Moxley has main evented... What in the presentation of Tanahashi would make you say, Well, pff, I'm not I'm not buying this one, you know. Forget this. I mean, there's <laughs> nothing. There's nothing. These, there's nothing. these,
0: these were looking. I'm not saying that look, I'm not saying the build was perfect. You know, we We, no, we criticized the hell out of it last we, week. Yeah, we criticized There were the hell things out of it. we didn't like about the build, but they nailed the stuff that mattered. They nailed Tanahashi, they nailed Jay White, they nailed Will Ospreay. That's your top three matches. Nobody needs the El Desperado origin story. No one needs it. And, and people pretended that we did in order for this show to do well. They nailed the stuff that mattered. Build wasn't perfect. They faced a million obstacles. But I never once thought that the show wasn't going to do well. And it's all on tape. This is not revisionist history. It is all on tape. I never once thought the show wasn't going to do well. Why? They were very well-received dynamites by the viewers. Not by crusty... uh, By the viewers. Not by crusty pundits and wrestling uh, reviewers and people who were fixated on nonsense like video packages. That I insisted did not matter as much as they thought they did. And this is the victory lap. This show drew a $1.1 million gate. This show was one of the greatest American pay-per-views of all time between the Bells and was a great show. Universally, positively reviewed. The show, the follow-up Dynamite this week did over 1 million viewers and was number one on cable by a wide
1: margin. That was a great number. Yeah, that was a great number out of Dynamite.
0: It did a .36. The next closest show did a .27. Cable was down again and Dynamite did over a million total viewers in the .36, crushed the number two show, which shows you that there was interest coming out of Forbidden Door. And the final component was the pay-per-view number, which looks like it did an excellent pay-per-view number, which was the source of the rant at the top of this show and on the Thursday TV reviews. There is now, now that the pay-per-view number is in, now that this week's Dynamite number is in, Rich, there is now... No way to criticize Forbidden Door from any angle. There are no more straws to grasp. This show was an enormous, 100% success in every single way. Up and down the checklist. Where did this show come up short in any regard?
1: Right. Made, made what, a million dollars in tickets, million dollars plus in tickets. Top
0: three in AEW history in gate, yeah, and total number of fans. I think it was number two to uh, uh, the Arthur Ashe Show in 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 paid fans, and I think it was top three in gate. Gate receipts, can't criticize it from that standpoint. Pay per view did well. Uh, the the pay per view uh, buys did well. The show was universally. I mean, this is one of the best American pay per views of all time. This is a show of the year contender just a massive massive success in every regard. And up until an hour before the show, you would have thought that AEW was falling apart. Tony had lost it. The company was doomed.
1: It's we talked we talked about it from the moment this company started and we we continue to have these conversations about this. And cuz it cuz no people don't stop. Like you would think after 2 3 years People would stop, and I don't know, maybe it's that next TV deal, and maybe people will stop. I don't know what it is. It kind of slowed down a little bit when they got that that, that 2020 deal, um, th- that 2020 extension or whatever it was uh, from Turner. And then it kind of slowed down a little bit. But then I feel like it's it's just where – and this is – again, it's from day one of this company. That people I, – I, I think a lot of the doom posting and the constant complaining and the constant hand-wringing, all that sort of stuff – comes from a place of people being scared that this company is just going to die or go away or be a failure or whatever i think there is a subset of people that just want it to fail no matter what and that's fine and those people are, are usually show themselves pretty easily and it's not that hard to, to find them and and, and again if, if you're a fan of wrestling you don't want aew to, to fail if you're a Wrestler in WWE, you don't want AEW to fail. You know what I mean? Like, we've talked about that from day one as well. Everybody in the wrestling world should be happy that AEW exists because it makes the wrestling, the the, 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 the pace, scale, everything just rise tremendously. So every single person involved in wrestling should want AEW to exist. But the, the people that, you know, yeah, again, there are the people that just want it to fail or whatever or just kind of bad faith actors whatever. Those people, I don't care. I, I don't give those people any of my time. The people I do give time to, the people that whose opinions I do respect a lot, It just feels like they're so anxious and so worried that, oh, this decision is what it's going to be. Oh, this decision is what's going to make it happen. Or, oh, this thing is going to make it. And every week it's like a referendum on, oh, here we go. Oh, the beginning of the end. And everybody is waiting. And waiting and waiting and so anxious about when that beginning of the end is going to come and when that final thing is going to happen and that final or the, that that first thing that's going to start the wave of 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 this company going out of business or whatever and oh this is just like the finger poke of doom or oh this is just like this and I don't know why we're still doing that I don't know why people are still doing that or so worried and so anxious about it I just enjoy the ride man like don't worry about and you always talk about this with with title switches. A person wins a title, and everybody, you know, the next week are like, "All right, who's he gonna lose it to?" You know, who's it? Just don't worry about it. Just enjoy the title reign, enjoy the ride, and that's what I see every single week when the ratings come out. Every single week when a Dynamite is over. Every single pay per view build is oh, I don't know, ah, I don't know, and it's all from this like complete doom and gloom of like oh, I don't know. It, like like every single thing that if they don't. Give Zack Sabre Jr. a microphone to talk about his match that this is now the beginning of the end of, of, of AEW. We will all look back in 10 years' time and go, Oh, man, remember when they forgot to give Zack Sabre Jr. a microphone in the build before Forbidden That's what did it. That was when it finally, you know, t- and it's none of those things are what's going to happen to AEW. None of those things. You'll know it. We knew it. at the, in, in 1999 WCW, we knew it at the time. When the finger poke of doom happened, everybody looked around and said, Uh-oh, this company has already been struggling for a year. Goldberg was the only thing that was kind of keeping this thing afloat and now they fucked it all over and they're and, and fucked it all up and they're going back to the NWO and all this. Stuff. We knew it at the time. It felt we can feel it at the time. You knew it was happening. With TNA it was I don't know, they've ever got to that level. You know what I mean? They just constantly did stuff like this. And I think that maybe makes people get anxious and weird about this. But it's like i it, we're we're years into AEW at this point. You you know we're years into it being a successful draw on the road. We're years into it being a successful TV property. Like I don't know what the next TV deal they're going to get is. I don't know what it is down the pike, but like nothing that you're bitching about on a week by week basis. None of these one week ratings, no Rampage number, no no desperado no El Desperado video package is going to be the reason this company fails when it eventually does fail or if it eventually does fail. You know what I mean? Like it's not, but every single week and every single Friday and every single Wednesday and every single, you know, every quarter on a Sunday, we're like, Oh, I don't know. And it's all this. This is going to be the beginning of the end. Everyone's so nervous and anxious. Just fucking enjoy the ride, man. Just enjoy it. And that's what I say about dynamite every single week. I, I, it blows my mind. The stuff that people get upset on dynamite, Uh, about when like there is no other American wrestling TV show that is presented as good of wrestling on a consistent basis as dynamite, not even close. You can shut up about the fucking nitros of 1997 or whatever. I watched all those. The first hour was kind of good. The first hour was kind of good. Hour two, not that great when they went to three hours. Hey, hour one, still kind of good. Sometimes hour two drizzling shits, hour three, usually the drizzling shits. So stop, (laughs) stop telling me nitro. Nitro wasn't that good. I love nitro. I love WWE Nitro. It wasn't that. It's not this good. You're not getting match of the year contenders on on on, on you know regular TV. You're not getting two people entering a ring and one person winning clean you're not getting those types of things on any other thing and people will bring up individual matches oh what about cena versus hbk on raw okay great you gave me one match in raw you <laughs> know 15 years that had a good that was a good match with a clean finish thank you oh the wyatts and the, and you know the uh the, the the wyatts and who am i thinking of the wyatts and the shield oh yeah those six minutes those were good okay great there was like two of those cool they were good dynamite Almost every single week is giving you great matches. Really, really, really great matches. And people are watching it. And there's sold-out buildings. And the crowds are hot. And they're selling t-shirts. And they're selling this and they're selling that. And they're selling pay-per-view buys. Like, just enjoy the fucking ride for a bit.
0: Man, can just... we? Uh, do you think people can finally admit that with the success of this pay-per-view from every single angle and, and, and in every regard that we don't need a Ken Burns documentary to introduce new wrestlers every time they're on the screen? Can we finally admit that, at least, that it wasn't necessary for this pay-per-view and it's not necessary at all? Can we finally give— now, I would
1: love that. As a fan of Ken Burns, I would enjoy that greatly. But... Can
0: we finally give tele- the, the television viewers and the quote-unquote casual fans some credit that if you put Hiroshi Tanahashi on the screen and Excalibur says that he's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, that if you don't know who he is, you might just shrug your shoulders and go, Oh, okay. There's he must be one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Can right. we give some people credit and admit that we don't need to do these things? Because we now have evidence that we don't. It did not fucking matter, it never mattered. They were they, they got those, they got the key people over without the benefit of origin stories and Ken Burns documentaries, which by the way, Rich. There was never even any precedent for it. where did people come up with this stuff? When you, you brought up nitro, peak nitro when there would be new luchadors and new guys from New Japan.
1: They would just show up on Nitro and you would find out as they were coming to the ring. Right. They, they would come to the ring. You would see on the, on the, on the, uh, you'd see voice of Mike Tenay because they wouldn't show Mike yeah. Tenay. It would just say voice of Mike Tenay. Mike Tenay. okay, well, uh, Halloween, also known as Damien 666, one of the, uh, <laughs> more interesting luchadors from the land of X, And he would just talk for five minutes. And then he'd wrestle. And then he'd wrestle. He'd do some cool shit. And Bobby he would go, whoa, I've never yeah. seen anything and like that. If, and
0: then, then if you <laughs> never saw those guys before, they either got over with you or they, or they didn't. Right. And, and it, the good one, and the, and the when the stars did and the Rey Mysterios did. You know, ECW. You'd watch that show at two in the morning and you'd get a graphic on the screen during one of the bumpers that said, Come into the ECW arena, Rey Mysterio Jr. That's it. And then I'd go to the show and see Rey Mysterio Jr. or whoever else was coming in. Tarzan, Godo, go right down the line. So there wasn't even any precedent for what for the standard. That people were holding AEW to with this pay-per-view. None. The only one I could think of is the Cruiserweight Classic. One example ever where that was done in pro wrestling.
1: Right. NXT UK, these- I, I think the NXT UK tournament did the same thing. And, like, now, now to be fair, I praised the hell out of that. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I'm I not saying were, it's required by every single wrestling promotion ever – I just said I really like that. I wish more companies did do that, but it's not an absolute requirement that every single person that's on screen gets a, a, a five-minute video about their life and their history in wrestling or whatever. I just think it was really cool that they did that, and you know what? You can do that too. AEW can do that. They could put it on YouTube. They could put it on their on the pay-per-view bumpers if they want. I'm not pleading that five minutes of every single TV show need to be devoted to every single person that's on the screen. That's ludicrous. That's insane. But, yeah, you can like something and also not all, not think that it needs – it's the bare minimum to you know get, get people hyped up for a, a show is that you have to produce those sort of videos. You don't have to do that at all. Like it, it, It's a nice touch if you can do it, and, and it worked perfectly for something like the Cruiserweight Classic that wasn't on network TV, that was on the WWE Network. Uh, it, 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 you know, It's nice for the NICUK tournament Same deal, on the Dodo Network or whatever And it'd be nice for AEW to do on their YouTube channel sometimes If they really wanted to But yeah, it's not a, a, like absolute requirement well, That, if oh, if you're going to build t- a pay-per-view yeah, would, You have to do a seven-minute video about Zack Sabre Jr. You, you don't have to do that no, Well, if they fine. did
0: it on the TV, I wouldn't complain And I'm not saying it wouldn't be beneficial But as has been proven with the success of this show It wasn't necessary And people acted like this show was going to bomb Because of it. They got the people that needed to get over, over. They did it, And it was happening right before people's eyes, and they were ignoring it because they were busy doom posting to each other. While ignoring that the viewers enjoyed it. Those were four good dynamites. And I reviewed three of the four. You reviewed the fourth. And this is not revisionist history. I gave them all positive reviews. They were good shows. They were good shows. And they obviously served their purpose. Were they perfect? No. Was some of the build sloppy? Yes. Look at the issues faced. And this is something I said on the instant reaction, and I'll repeat it here for the people who didn't hear that show. $10 tier, which, by the way, our most listened to and downloaded live instant reaction ever was Forbidden Door, another sign of a pay-per-view nobody was interested in. But I digress. What I said on that show, and I'll repeat it here, is history will be very kind very kind to Tony Khan. The further we get removed from real time in terms of what he went through to put this show together and then how it turned out. Because I don't think all of the injury issues and all of the political issues and all the other assorted nonsense and hair pulling that went into putting this show together, in some cases with matches that came together on the day of the show, day of the show, and that wasn't by design. And then look how the show turned out. and Look how successful it was. History is going to be very kind looking back at this. In real time, there were lots of frustrations because the car didn't meet our reasonable expectations. None of ours. So I think people just were frustrated. Blame the booker. Who else? It's on the booker. But history is going to reflect very well on how this show came together the further we move away from it. It has to. Look how the show turned out and look how successful it was, despite all of those issues. So, um, you know, what else is there to say? This, this, this show was an enormous success in every way. There's no angle to be attacked. None. Where, right. where would you attack this show if you were trying <laughs> to criticize it in hindsight? You can't. Everybody was wrong. Everyone was wrong, except for me. In regards to how successful this pay-per-view would be. So yes, I am going to be intolerable today. This is going to be me at my worst. I'm a humble man, Rich. Mm. I really don't like to do this. (laughs) But sometimes it's necessary to get your point across. I mean, none of these hokey excuses matter. None of them. You know, I, I get the sense that people aren't going to move away from this stuff.
1: Well, they're not really not. No, 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 no. They they definitely won't. And, and you know, just kind of give you, I, and I've been doing some, I was doing some research for, for some TNA things uh, over the last month or so. And, and, and one of these things came up, and I think it's one of the more interesting things about TNA history is is that, and, and again, when people doom and gloom and all, you know, and, and even begin to compare AEW to, to TNA, which I think is, is, is laughable in, in, a, in a lot of respects. Because TNA, 2012. Joe they ran a pay-per-view in June June 10th, 12 in 2012, Slam Anniversary 2012, okay? Their pay-per-view buys for that. And by the way, they were on Spike TV in a much different cable TV audience. W- would you would you agree that uh, 2012 more people had cable than they do today? Oh, yeah, of course. A lot of, a lot of lot of people percent. watching TNA too. A lot of times you'll get that where people will say, ah, yeah. people are excited about 1 million people on uh, watching Dynamite. Well, TNA used to get 2 million people to watch it, right? TNA Slammiversary 2012, 15,000 worldwide pay-per-view buys. 15,000 pay-per-view buys for TNA Slammiversary 2012.
0: conversion rate on 2.1 million viewers?
1: Not great. Uh, Destination yeah. X was on July 8th, so in a couple of weeks. They would come back in a couple of weeks' time from when we're talking here. Pretty pretty easy comparison to today's, you know, the pay-per-view for, for Mindore a couple days ago. And then, obviously, uh, TNA Destination X 2012. Worldwide pay-per-view buys for TNA Destination X 2012, 9,000 pay-per-view buys. 9,000. More people will listen to this show than bought that show.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a, a less than 1% conversion rate.
1: Right. So that's
0: a point. The the, the, show, the show did a 0.7, 0.7% conversion rate uh, paying customers to total viewers. The uh, Let's just say that forbidden door did a hundred thousand buys on the on the dot which we know it didn't work that's
1: fine yeah yeah let's let's do that
0: but for the point of the exercise um i'm just i'm not gonna i don't have it in front of me but you know the one dynamite did in the 700 thousands the others were in the eights let's say an average of eight hundred thousand that watched during the build that's a 12.5 percent conversion rate you know the old back of the envelope rough yeah, math. That's
1: better, right? I think. So, what was the TNA one? One
0: less, less 0. than one percent, and the other one rate. was
1: twelve, right? Yes, which is higher the, than zero point
0: one. Actually, a twelve and a half percent conversion rate pay per viewer is is incredible in the yes. pay per view business, right? But this is why <laughs> when people talk about TNA's viewership at their peak and all of that. That is the first indicator that it's a moron That has no idea what they're, what they're right. talking about When they compare that to AEW And that's why Because TNA was never able to convert that Into Forget pay-per-view buyers What about ticket buyers? Ticket buyers,
1: yeah, ticket buyers a disaster.
0: AEW sells out these buildings In every city they go to and The crowds are rabid They're doing million-dollar gates Which no one other than WWE has ever done and I think the biggest paid audience AEW uh, TNA ever did in America was that uh, was that um, um, San Antonio show that I went to at the Elmo uh, uh, was Dome. Wasn't it the, the Alamo Dome where they, where they drew like five thousand fans or whatever it was, five or six thousand fans? That's the that's the biggest attendance TNA ever did in America. That's a bad dynamite. That's a dynamite in a small building where they leave tickets on the table. So. It's and they and, and, and TNA was almost never strong enough to tour. There were times in their history where they would do those little weekend tours and the smallish because I, I went to some of their house. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, and then there was the time where Bischoff was like, we need to tour. We need to put, you know, impact needs to be on the road. and We have to tour. And that lasted what? I don't remember exactly, but it didn't last long. I'll tell you that before they realized, okay.
0: They would draw maybe a 1,000 fans.
1: Right. They said, okay, maybe we don't need a tour anymore. Maybe that's a bad idea. And it was. And then they go right
0: back to taping in the Impact Zone and not drawing any money with that either. I mean, AEW has, without question, sold more tickets than than Impact has in their history already. They probably did that in year one. I mean the first year of AW probably sold more tickets than TNA has sold in their history. I bet you it's close or it's I mean so that's why anyone who brings up that point and compares the two companies you they're not even worth talking to. They have no idea what they're talking about. So uh you know I don't know. All I know is we kind of got a little off track. All I know is for a company that seemingly does nothing right on television they sell out every show that they have right they convert <laughs>
1: a, a large number of their viewers to to giving them 60 dollars or parting with 40 dollars or 50 dollars every you know every every quarter uh people that shell out money to go to these shows travel across the country to go to these shows in a lot of cases uh consistently come and watch the tv every single week but uh yeah they're they're fucking up left and right and tripping on their own dicks every single uh every single dynamite so
0: and 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 This Forbidden Door was as successful as it was Without CM Punk, without Bryan Danielson Without MJF, without Kenny Omega Go right down the line I mean If if they would have had You know, a full roster at their disposal And, you know All the new Tetsuya Naito didn't come over I mean, you know Who knows how well it could have done So They'll do it next year. There's no question. I mean, I saw people when when Tony was doing the scrum after the show, and he said, "You know, obviously they're with they're doing one next year." And I I actually saw people on Twitter saying, "Are they crazy? They're going to do this again? What?
1: Why would they do it again?" <laughs> right, the massive business success on all levels. What's
0: wrong with you? It's going to sell out in, in ten seconds again. They should run a stadium. They should run a stadium.
1: Yeah, you you on the the instant reaction said they should run the fucking Soldier Field or Comiskey Park or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, if they're going to come back to Chicago, they can go anywhere. They can go anywhere.
0: As great as as that show was, it's going to sell out instantly. Are you kidding me? I told Tony, I messaged him. I said, you should run a stadium next year. Congratulations. You defied the odds. This thing was great. Run a stadium. He sent back the you know the emoji gimmick where the guy's rubbing his chin?
1: <laughs> yeah, thinking. Yeah. Hmm. yeah.
0: <laughs> That's what he sent back. I mean, you know, it, it, blow away success. But, uh, so what do we got coming? I'm done with the victory, lap. I, I, I will only have one segment, a half a segment, really, of me being completely intolerable and annoying and off putting. So. I will Some would you.
1: agree that for three hours every single week, you're annoying and off-putting. But uh, rich work and stiff. Hey, okay. hey, right. hey! Uh,
0: <laughs> so we all agree that the show was a massive success, and everybody was wrong but me. I think we all agree on that.
1: I think we can all come to a yeah a, a, a very a very well reasoned agreement that yes, you were the only one that was correct, and everybody else was very very wrong.
0: Right, right. There, you know. So we can move we can move on from that and look at some other fallout. Um. Uh, from this show, uh, we talked a little bit about this on the uh, Instant Reaction ten dollar tier, um, most listened to Instant Reaction we've ever done. If I haven't mentioned that um, yet, but uh, FTR, Rich, they're like a top three act in this company right now, aren't they?
1: Oh my god, of- that that pop that they got last night. Uh, by the way, the, the AW needs to be very, very the, the pop. They've been running out of. They've been running on pops like crazy lately. Um and as we know that they they cannot what happens when the pops go away, Joe? What happens when the pops go away? And they've used a lot of pops (laughs) the last week. Rich is
0: uh Rich is working stiff on lindsey Kelk now. Is that
1: who it was? I don't even remember who it was. Yes. I just recall the what does AEW do when the pops run out? It's like I I do they run out? Are they a finite are they a finite (laughs) commodity? Like I don't like one (laughs) day everybody goes, Well, you know, I've cheered for FTR. Twelve times. I'm not doing it. Thirteen. I'm done. <laughs> Fuck these guys. You know.
0: She was the same poster who said that she was deeply uncomfortable at Lance Archer squashing Marco Stunt. Oh, is
1: that same the same? same wow. Nice lore. Yes. Okay. I did not Two know that. Legendary
0: uh, <laughs> Two legendary tweets.
1: Two legendary all time. Think so. Uh, yeah. When 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 your boy Danhausen announced FTR, the roof on that Little Caesars Arena fucking blew off. Blew off. Yeah. For those guys, I mean, they are the most over. Dudes. They they might be I mean there's Moxley, I think is bigger than them. I don't know that I could put them any lower. You said three. Who would be number two in that? I think we can can we both are we are we both on Moxley as one? Like With over X. People. Like over X. Yeah, currently in the in the company right now. Yeah. Aside from Punk and I guess we can take Danielson out of the guys that are currently in the mix right now.
0: I mean, FTR is probably is top five for sure. Maybe top three. You've got Moxley, you've got Kingston, um, maybe Orange Cassidy. Um, who am I missing?
1: I think that's the list. I mean, yeah, I, of like top, top, top to your acts.
0: Yeah, they're super. I mean, FTR's right there is the point. They have uh, reinvented themselves. You know, they came into the company as heels, and uh, I think they were you know trying to work the house style more than work their own style in a lot of ways and uh, you know once they went babyface and, and 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 they removed Tully from the act and they've been doing this belt collector gimmick they're they're they feel more comfortable in their own skin and they're working the style of matches they want to work and and they just they come across more comfortable now than they did when they first entered the company and and you know they were having good matches but they were having a lot of matches where that just felt off. And uh, man, they are just on fire right now. And I think you know uh, how many years in a row have the Bucks won Tag Team of the Year? Because I I think FTR. Oh, you're
1: right. Yeah, they are. Let me see where they're at right now. It is a lot, but I man, if I had to vote right now, that's FTR for sure. Easy, easy, easy. And and that's the Bucks have been great. That's usual. But uh, the Bucks have won. uh, They won 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018 the Lucha brothers got in in 2019 and then the Bucks won in 2020 and 2021.
0: So Yeah, FTR have to be the favorites at this point. Yeah. I mean, uh, they have to be so, and, and you know, they, and they've got probably a bunch of big matches in front of them too. Cause they've got what, uh, three sets of titles now. And I would wager that eventually they're going to beat the Bucks. I think they're going to go all the way with this gimmick and win all four sets of titles. Uh in Chicago, all the New Japan guys were just crazy over at All Out, and they were really over on the last couple of TVs too. You know, Tanahashi and you know Shibata got a pop through the roof. Hiroki Gotō got a monster pop on the uh, on the buy-in show. Um, it's just you know what, what needs to stop happening is people who know who all of these people are need to stop worrying about other people not knowing who they are. Right. I mean, give wrestling fans credit And I know a lot of it is I don't want to go as far as Some of it's concern trolling for sure um, Some of it is just being Stuck in old ways Yeah, if this was 1988 You might want to take more care in, in, in explaining who people are But it's different, it's 2022 And there's streaming services And the internet And everyone has a computer in their pocket And, you know, it's, it's, it's You know this idea. I mean, the New Japan guys, they got, you know, huge pops in every building they were in when they were over here. People knew who they were. Um, But uh, but yeah, FTR, over like crazy. Um, You know, Forbidden Door, obviously now is going to be a yearly event as long as this relationship between the two companies remains strong. I think uh, that's obvious. I genuinely think they should try to run a stadium. Uh, You want to try to run a baseball field. You want to try to run you know something bigger than what they ran because I think the show will be bigger next year, coming off of how great this one was.
1: Right, soccer stadium might be a good good thing to look at, and and that's been yeah. that's one cool thing that AEW has done. You know, obviously opening up Arthur Ashe and looking at alternate stadiums of then just you know your generic you know basketball arena in whatever major town you're in or whatever, and and they're starting to run a lot of those as well, which is again a, a great success. Going to Detroit and being able to run that arena, Little Caesar, going to Chicago, being able to run United Center, that again uh, is, is is a big ass deal. I mean, they're not running. Uh, you know, in the early parts of their 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 tenure in, in AEW, they were running like these college stadiums. You know, they were running these kind of off, you know, uh, uh, you know, sort of out in the suburbs or out in weird town, you know, uh, different places. Now they're running the major arenas or whatever. But one thing I do think that they have done is, is is do interesting arenas. And yeah, I do think football stadium might be tough. Football stadiums are tough. Football stadiums are very 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 big, and I you know I don't know like. I'd be worried to do a football stadium if I was them just because of all that entails. But, like, you can easily run an MLS arena. You can easily run, like you said, a baseball stadium. I think you can, you, you can, uh, honestly, MLS arena might be perfect for them. That's like r- just about the right size where you get. You know, a, a, a decent amount of, you know, bleacher seats. You can put a bunch of people on the field. Like, There's a lot of stuff you can do uh, with a stadium like that. So I would definitely explore that. And and, and one thing I've liked about AEW is they have explored unique and interesting stadiums. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's impossible that they, they do explore some type of stadium, even if it's not a football stadium. If it is a soccer or a baseball stadium or, or, or something like that.
0: Could you believe the big deal that people were making? I, I couldn't believe this. The day of the show. Maybe you even missed this. Who knows? But the day of Forbidden Door, uh, there were scalpers attempting to unload some obstructed view seats in the third deck. Obstructed view. The the literal worst seats in the house. And those tickets were being unloaded for like $5 on the secondary market. And there were people including Dave Meltzer, Raj Geary, uh, making a big deal of this. And I saw this as such a nothing burger. It's the day of the show. It's the literal worst seats in the building. You can buy them at face value for like $15. By the time you buy them for $5 on the secondary market and pay the fees.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, you pay all those fees. You're probably just easier buying face.
0: You're paying $15, 20 even if you want to sit back there behind the stage, obstructed view, Right. And this was supposed to be some confirmation that the show wasn't hot. And I thought it was just utter nonsense. Um, now, if the pay-per-views would have came back and they did 60,000 pay-per-view buys, all right, maybe you got to pipe down about it. And, and But but I still wouldn't have thought it was a big deal. Is the day? It was a couple hours before the show, and there were the worst seats in the building. You'll see that for any show where you're just trying to unload them.
1: Yeah, me, me and my buddies had. Russ made it twenty two tickets uh, uh, when they were in the Allstate Arena behind the stage. Terrible seats. They were like ten bucks or whatever. We had them in our cart for a long time, and then we just decided not to go just because. Ah, you know what? If it's obstructed, how obstructed, whatever. But yeah, that and that was like two hours before the show. We were there watching the show. We were planning on watching the show together, and I said, Ah, shit! You know, there's some seats available if you want to get over there in time. We just decided, Ah, you know what? We're we're better off just sitting on our couch watching it instead of you know trying to you know. Peek behind a a, a banner, peek behind a a, a you know a railing or whatever it was, but yeah, you can you can a lot of times get up short to view seats, very very uh, you know especially an hour or two before the show, that is absolutely nothing, yeah, it does not. Matter I, in the grand I scheme I of things.
0: Didn't, oh god, I thought that was such a waste of everybody's time. It was just people grasping at straws and, and it's just the confirmation bias because they just they just could not accept that the show was successful and was going to be successful. It was crazy to me. It's like look. And then I saw someone bring up, oh well, for the uh, what was the punk debut? at rampage called Last Dance or First Dance? Uh, The First First Dance, whatever they called the punk debut. Okay, Uh, you know, well, you know, everything. So, well, yeah, well. But no one's saying Forbidden Door was as hot as the return of CM
1: Punk. <laughs> no, it was not. You know what, Joe? I yeah. would agree with that That person that you're talking about. I think the first dance when CM Punk made his return to wrestling after being away for, for years uh, was more important than Forbidden Door. I believe that I, I, I will allow and that. That is show. true. I will say that is true. Yes. They got, they yeah. got him. We got him. They're right. Yeah.
0: I mean, Guilty you know, this as sl-
1: charged. Yes. CM Punk making his return to professional wrestling uh, in Chicago. Uh, was a much bigger deal than Forbidden Door. Yes.
0: All right. So I, I guess if, if if you're still someone who wants to find a way to go after this Forbidden Door show, which proved us all wrong to some degree on the level of success that it was able to, you can you can say uh, with accuracy that Forbidden Door wasn't hot enough to sell secondary market obstructed view tickets. Uh, that had a face value of fifteen dollars that were selling for five dollars a day to show. You can say that with accuracy. Yeah. If it makes and you'll you be feel right, any and
1: better. you'll be right. So yeah. Owned. Yeah. You got it. You nailed it.
0: Yes. Despite the fact that if Rich Craig wanted to walk up to that show that day, he could have gotten the building for the same price and sat right next to the guy uh, who 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 bought them for five dollars on the secondary market. Um. So there was that, and um. They announced that well Tony Khan announced death before the is coming on july 23rd at the uh you got the name of this building uh it, oh it's the
1: uh oh i never know how to pronounce it i i didn't write it down in our topics sheet it's in lowell mass uh, i forget the name yeah. it's a very strange it's u g g a i s i forget exactly how it's spelled but uh i don't let's know how to pronounce actually, it it's somewhere in massachusetts so
0: let's shelve that actually we'll get to the, you want to do that as a separate topic yeah that's
1: fine we can talk about it all out though
0: yeah yeah um so what's going on with All Out?
1: Uh, back in Chicago, AEW All Out. As, as, as If you listen to uh, every time there's like a, a a question about All Out and people say, hey, you know, Chicago's had a lot of pay-per-views. They're going to put All Out in like, you know, Dallas or whatever. And Tony Khan's like, well, you know, tradition. And, and he a lot of times skirts around it. All Out's, I think, going to always be in Chicago. But no matter what happens throughout the year, All Out is going to be in Chicago. When Punk returned for Rampage, uh, the first dance in August, All Out was in Chicago in September. When Forbidden is in Chicago in June, All Out is still going to be in Chicago in September. I, I think it's always going to be that. It's always on Labor Day weekend. It's always going to be in Chicago. Um, Tony clearly, if you haven't found out, clearly enjoys having uh, major pay-per-views or major shows in Chicago around holidays. Probably because his family lives here and he wants to see his family while also running a show in his hottest market. So yes, All Out is still going to be in Chicago September 4th. Uh, venue not confirmed just yet. So we don't know if it'll always be in the Sears center, uh, or the now arena, uh, which has been called, uh, or it's been changed to, uh, in the last few years, but, um, that was what last year's all out was. So we'll see. Um, I, I, I guess that's probably where it will be again, but uh, we will see if they, they decide either to go back to the United center. Uh, go win trust arena. They've, they've ran a few times as well, so there's a lot of options for them. Uh, All state is probably out just because of WWE exclusivity, but uh, yeah, there's a few other places that they can run the area. But I would expect it to be back at the Sears Center slash now arena.
0: A little punk Moxley for that one.
1: That's uh, not a bad idea. Punk's ready, punk's healthy.
0: So that'll be huge. You know, that that show will crush it uh, if it is indeed punk Moxley. But uh, they're so they don't tell you anything about these injuries anymore. I mean, it is just you know. Uh, does anyone even know specifically what Punk's injury no is? Clue. I don't think they do. No, Nobody's found it's out more, yet. Nobody's asked body, yet. body, leg.
1: <laughs> I don't think anybody has anybody asked. Like, did anybody bother to, to ask? Uh,
0: nobody asked at the scrum. Oh, all right. Um, <laughs> cool. so I all well, we know it's a somewhere on his leg. All right. Uh, we don't know. Uh, we don't know the recovery time. Nobody, nobody uh, said. Hey,
1: do we have any? You know, you've been very vague about Punk's injury. Can Can you give us some insights as to what exactly is wrong with him?
0: He talked about
1: Didn't come up. All right.
0: injuries at the at, at he talked about injuries on the on the press call on Friday. He talked at length about all the various injuries, but very little in the way of specifics. Hmm. And then nobody followed up. But the thing about the uh, the media calls is okay. I, look, I'm not saying all the questions are winners, okay, because they're not. But I'm going to defend the people on the media call, which which includes me. Although I very rarely get uh, chosen, but I, I have once or twice, and I'm there too. But to defend those people to some degree, look, they call your name, they unmute you, you ask your question, and then you're muted again. You you don't have an opportunity. Right, for it's a not a give up. or
1: take. It's not a you know back and forth where you can call them out. If if, yeah. if Tony said, oh, we don't have any new information about that. Uh, or you know he's out with an injury, a lower body yeah, injury, pastor. or whatever. You can't say it. No, 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 hold on a minute. No, what you can't yeah. use lower body injury. What's specifically wrong for him? What is the timetable? Right. What is the rehab? What you know? Because you could do that in, in in a locker room. You can do that at a press conference in a sport. It, you can't necessarily do that on the calls. I get that.
0: And you get one question, and not only do you get one question. Tony opened up the call by doing like a 12 minute discussion on the injuries. And if you know you're getting one question, all right. At that point, I could follow up with an injury question, but then I burn my question. So like, you have to make a decision as somebody yeah, on those calls. I, I guess
1: I do think that like, hey, two of your major stars are have mysterious injuries. What are those mysterious injuries? I feel like that's I agree. That's better agree. than hey, are you excited for the show? I, I feel like that's a better question to ask. But again, I you agree. Know. And
0: I, I agree with you, and I'll give you a good example of that happening on this last call. Uh, Sean Radican asked about Jeff Hardy, and asked if there's any kind of wellness policy. And Tony Khan said, yes, we have a wellness policy and didn't really give any details. A few people later, Brandon Thurston got called on. And I don't know what question he was planning on asking, but instead of asking whatever he had in the holster... He said, "Tony, you mentioned a wellness policy earlier. Can you follow up on that and give us ah, more?" Yeah, there
1: you go. See, Brandon knows what he's fucking doing, man. See? That's a real dude. That's and a credit real to
0: Radican too. For, yeah, yeah. For... Those
1: are real dudes. Those are real guys. That's the they're, and, they're 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 asking real questions, real journalism, real That that's what you use these pressers for.
0: So Thurston took the bullet and saw an opportunity. He said to himself, "Now, wait a minute. This guy just this could be the biggest news coming out of this Right, right,
1: right. And that's the and thing that I, people will say is like, oh well if what if he doesn't answer? Okay, yeah. Don't worry about what if he does what if he does no. answer? You know, that's right. the big story. Like like people are so worried about oh, well, you know, you gotta get your headline. Okay, do you need the headline? Tony Khan is excited for Forbidden Door. Okay, you got your headline. There you go. You can just make that up. Like, you know what I mean? Just see his tweets and, and do it. But like, yeah, you might get stonewalled and Tony might not say anything. But he might say something, and he might say something that's big and different and unique. He might spill the beans and say, yeah, you know what? Dan O'Brien's got a broken neck, and he's not going to come back for eight months or whatever. You know, what I mean? like you don't know unless you ask the question. And yeah, you might get burnt, and you might waste your question, but you might also get the biggest news story of the entire thing. If you ask, hey, are you excited for the show? You know what you're going to get. You're going to get a, 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 a four out of ten answer. That's just generic as fuck, and that's nothing against Tony. Like, that's a terrible question. Of course, he's gonna say, "Yeah, I'm excited about the show. That's really, you know, uh, our partners in New Japan." And he's gonna give you a PR thing or whatever. You know what you're gonna get, but I think a lot of people would rather just take the four out of ten, and not risk the potential zero out of ten that might come from a question that you get Stonewalled on. But then, if they do answer that question, you might get, you know, the headline, the top thing of the entire weekend. But well, you know, that, that to is me, what it's, it's
0: it. not even wasting the question. It, it, the thing is. It's your job as someone on that call to ask a good question. If Tony dodges it or doesn't answer it, then it's on him. At least you asked the question and attempted to get an answer out of him. And uh, so I think that's the important thing. I, you know, On this last call, and when I did my write, because you know, if you get on the $5 tier, there's a copy of the audio. And I always do a write-up and give my analysis of the media call. And I led with the wellness policy thing. To me, that was the biggest takeaway from that call was the wellness policy stuff and the stuff about Jeff Hardy. Um, But to be fair on this last call, I mean, I thought there was only one terrible question that was a time waster. And that was the guy who asked when AEW would be coming to Alberta, Canada. Um, People really, (laughs) people, people really need to stop with the, when are you coming to insert my town here? Now, I will say this, if you're if you're from some radio station in that town, that's a question that's pertinent to your customers. And I understand asking that question. Um so I can kind of give you a pass. But I hate when people ask the when are you coming to X question because Tony loves to hear himself talk and he started giving a history of wrestling in Alberta and he yeah, just it, it just thinking-
1: lets him go in in just yes. It, it lets him go in wrestling nerd directions that you're talking to this, you know, the, the president of this company, the guy running the show, the big seat in AEW. Like, we don't need, re- you know, on those calls, we don't need wrestling nerd Tony Khan. We need guy that runs AEW, Tony Khan, not
0: and if you let him Calgary that, Stampede
1: wrestling historian Tony Khan. We don't need. Not
0: that. that. He started naming Canadian cities. He's like, if you remember <laughs> Yvonne Robert in Montreal, it's like no, <laughs> no, we don't need to hear any of this. So then, then it burns like seven minutes of the call. <laughs> right. There's right. only sixty minutes anyway. You know. But I, I do think people are a little too hard on the people on the media call. I think the questions have been better lately. But you have to understand the restrictions. Now, the people in the scrum, that's different. You're standing 10 feet away. If you don't like the direction he's taking the question, follow up right. There. thats They're too polite to him in the scrums. They're way too polite to him in the scrums. They let him go on these diatribes. Uh, they very rarely follow up it's it's uh you know it's i'm not saying it has to be contentious but you can you can make him uncomfortable i mean that that's kind of your job you know and uh and and here's the other thing i think where people are a little i'm, I'm gonna defend the people at the scrums and the calls again a little bit here because we do enough we beat them up enough i'll defend them a little too there's also different kinds of outlets okay um you know, there's outlets that cover pro wrestling in a very serious manner. And then you're going to have outlets that their readership or their listener base or their customers don't want wrestling covered in that way. And they're going to ask softer questions because that's the kind of covers that they're, and you just have to live with that. And even if you listen to real sports press conferences, you get tons of terrible questions. We have to stop pretending like, Only Tony Khan gets terrible. That's couldn't be further from the truth. 90% of the questions you hear thrown at any NFL or NBA coach are garbage questions that, uh, that we, you know, can't believe are being asked. So, um, you know, from that standpoint, uh, but no, I I do think people are starting to do a, a better job on the media calls. And I think, the scrums could still use a little work, though, for sure.
1: For sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. It's, we should
0: it's... have – have. if we don't have answers on – and to get back to what started this conversation, if we don't have answers on these injuries, what the injuries are, how long these guys are going to be out, we should at least be able to say that these questions were were, were dodged and not answered, and then we could pin the blame on Tony Khan instead of pinning the blame on the dozen reporters that were right, in there with right, the scrum right. and didn't even bother asking them, which is a joke. I mean – you know, this is the first thing you just brought up as well, who a- did anybody ask him? And no, they did not. I listened to old scrum. Nobody <laughs> I
1: mean, Yeah, two and people remind me that Kyle O'Reilly has like mysteriously disappeared as well. Like those are, are are two, you know, major stars in CM Punk and and, and, and Danielson and then another guy in Kyle O'Reilly who have just like disappeared off the face of the earth with no idea what their actual injury is. Punk's like, hi, I got to go away, bye. <laughs> and it's like, okay, are you back in three months, in four months, five months, six months, nine months? Are you done forever? Like, what, what's going on here? I mean, hell, Kenny Omega, what's the update? I mean, we, we got quotes from him this week that we're going to talk about a little bit later. But, yeah, I mean, that's something that, hey, uh, one of your top stars has not been around for basically a year. Is he alive? Does he still have legs? Like, you know, what's going on? And it is it's it is kind of strange that a lot of that stuff is just kind of you know, like, ah, whatever. You know, okay, you guys come and go. And, and Danielson, like, what what's you know the guy oh yeah i can't come for blood and guts and i can't come for Forbidden door but my head is okay and he's like ranting about his head and it's like all right well what, what's what are you we doing well here? the thing like,
0: is when tony Khan's at the scrum complaining about how the top of his card is ravaged with injuries and how hard it was to put the forbidden door card together your job in that room is to say all right well Tell us who exactly is hurt and how long are they out and why was it, you know, follow up.
1: Right, right, right. And, and and we're dealing with that a lot. I mean, I, I <laughs> you know, you said like in sports circles, like a lot of times a lot of terrible questions are asked. and And, and that is true. But like sometimes there's a lot of really good questions asked in like yeah. a sports media room or whatever. And I'm dealing with a lot of that in Chicago right now. Where White Sox media is basically like, "Fuck Tony." I mean, we're going at Tony now because Tony's at, treating us like an asshole and and, and dodging our questions and being and they are just going at this dude every single night now, uh, and it's great entertainment because you know there's just like guys who don't sub in and they're like, "Hey Tony, what happened to this guy? Always oh, hurt? Okay, what's his what's he hurt? Oh, his legs hurt or okay, what what do you mean by legs hurt? Like you know." And it, it, we're getting like these very contentious. Things And we're, you know, so it, 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 to me, it's like, yes, that is probably what you should do is that if a very good player just suddenly stops playing for a week, you have to ask the guy, the manager, you know, what's wrong with the guy? And if he says, oh, he's dealing with some things, like, okay, well, he's 22 years old, and he's out for a week for a lake things, like, what's going on? Like, you, you can't just say, oh, he's out, oh, his, uh, his legs are sore. Like, no, that's a, you know, these are big deals, these are big things. So, yeah, it, it is, it, you're, you're right in the sense that a lot of ones are bad, but there are a lot of really, really good ones as well, and I, I, I think those scrums, they don't, they don't deliver, they, they're just kind of yaha time in a lot of ways. And I get it, it's fine, it's late in the night, and People are drinking and going nuts and they're just, you know, they, they go until 4am or whatever, but like, yeah, let's, let's, you know, you got, you have the president of a company sitting down at a table with a microphone and they're giving you a microphone, you know, that, that you are not going to get that in the wrestling world, you are never going to get access like that in any other field in wrestling ever. You're not going to get that from WWE. You never got it from WCW. You're never going to get it from any other place. A guy being in, sitting there in front of you, a, a, able to answer your questions and answer your follow ups, and you follow up, and you guys have a conversation with, never going to happen. And I feel like they they are just kind of being wasted, and, and that uh, that does stink.
0: Kind it, it, it delves into story time with
1: Tony. Right, right, time. right, right. And it, it which know. is fun, but like this, I, it, they just feel like a waste ultimately. You know, it, it, at that point, just do story time with Tony after every show, and that's fine. Yeah, like, I'll watch it anyway. But like, yeah, I feel like we're we're, we're 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 have a waste now of a room full of you know reporters and, and 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 website people and this nothing tangible I comes out of those things it's just it and, and i want to know is what's wrong with danison when's punk coming back because you asked me before hey is that gonna be punk versus moxley at all out i don't know <laughs> sure if, if punk can wrestle ever again like i don't know what's wrong well, and, with the I guy. Get maybe,
0: and i get maybe not wanting to tell people because you want to bring him back as a surprise or something like that but y- y- but the question should be asked. Like I can't. I get the scrum and the media call confused. But at one point, on one of those, uh, Tony was saying how um, he was disappointed in the original list of talent that New Japan offered him, and and he had to fight for certain people. And he gave a list of some people he fought for to get on the TV. But nobody thought to ask, "Well, who wasn't on that list? Who were these people that you that you wanted to get that you weren't able to get because they weren't on the list?" We right. still don't know. Yeah. We still don't know because. 'Cause nobody asked. Um, you know, but um anyway, uh that's uh you got anything else on uh Forbidden Door, uh
1: Fallout or whatnot? Not uh, really. Yeah, I, I thought it was really I thought of another pretty good episode of uh, of Dynamite. I'm not as into the war games of blood and guts as, as a lot of other people are. I, I, I definitely saw the value in that match. I thought it was pretty good. It's just I'm kinda I it, it's never been my match. I've never liked war games really. I've always kind of thought they stunk and Guys hitting each other with shit, I'm, I'm kind of over that. So, uh, I, But I think it, it was well done for the most part, but just not my kind of match. So I, I feel weird. I don't want to shit on the match and, and say, oh, you know, everybody who liked it, you're dumb or whatever. Because it's just it, not a match for me. But uh, I think it worked out pretty well. But it was, it was a hot dynamite in front of a really, really hot Detroit crowd. So that was that, – it, it makes – one of the things that I think is super underrated about AEW right now is that when you watch that show on television, you want to go to that arena. And that was something that came about in, in the Nitro era. Came about in in when Stone Cold was ro- rising to power and stuff, is that it looked like a fucking fun show to go to, and that that when they said they were coming to your town, you watch that show and go, God damn, I want to be a part of that. Like I need to be a part of that. ECW and the ECW arena, another thing as well, where people were traveling across the world saying, I gotta be a part of that. Like look at the fucking atmosphere there. That's a one of a kind atmosphere for wrestling. I need to be a part of it. And, and I thought uh, that show in Detroit was a really good example of that. That yeah, you don't you wouldn't think of Detroit as necessarily this like super, super hot wrestling market, but God damn, they were out there going nuts, going crazy. And, and yeah, yeah I thought a pretty good dynamite uh, again. And the number, uh, great rating as well. The tremendous rating. So it's good, good news all around now, obviously for AEW, despite, uh, you know, them going out of business imminently.
0: Someone in the chat says some people at the scrum seem more interested in capturing the video to boost their YouTube subs, as opposed to asking hard questions. Uh, you know, I, I'm glad they brought that up because I don't know if you saw this, but, uh, A.W. had said that they were no longer going to permit the outlets to put up their own feeds of the Scrum.
1: Mm,
0: And then they all immediately whined and complained about it because for the reasons that uh, Ben Goodman here in the chat says, all of these sites like to have their own feed of the Scrum on their own YouTube page so they can capitalize on the hits. A.W. decided, well, we want everybody watching our feed. Like, why would we – why do we (laughs) want 19 different outlets splitting up the feed? Then all the outlets complained and whined about it for two days. And then Tony Khan came out and said, "Uh, you guys want it? You got it. You could all put up your own feeds. I'm going to change that policy or whatever. Because he doesn't – he just – at that point, it's not worth the hassle for him to listen to it. And at that point, it's like, you know what? Then let them put up their own feeds. But that's a good point. I mean, they're so overly concerned – with getting the YouTube views and look, I know we all gotta put food on the table, but it's like how about putting food on the table with quality work and not just, you know, uh putting up the yeah, same thing. Not just the algorithms, yeah, not just algorithm <laughs> <up.
1: laughs> manipulation. You know, stuff,
0: yeah. How about believing in your work and I know that sounds crazy, you know what I mean? But it's like uh I couldn't believe the whining and the level of, you know, petulant babies that these people were being because uh, AEW was putting the clamps down on that You know, for the media calls They don't let you live stream the broadcast They
1: used to, and then that. they stopped, They did stop that Because uh, outlets were doing that And they said, you can't do that anymore
0: Yeah, they'll give you a copy of it when it's over And they usually get it to you within an hour or two um, You know, you record it yourself You can maybe beat them on that But they're sending it to you anyway So it's not like you're, you're getting around anything By recording the call yourself You're just getting it up an hour earlier If you want to post it, then you would otherwise. But they don't let you live stream the media call. And for good reason. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it it does seem like it's just it's more important to these outlets to get their little cell phone up on the tripod and make sure that they're streaming to their YouTube channel. And then, uh, you know, and and the quality of the questions, maybe you're coming secondary. But that's just the state of the of how it is. And, um, you know, uh, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, that's just. That's their business models, you know. It's it's, uh, you know. But and and from from AEW's point of view, what are they going to do? Fight people on that? Are they going to piss everybody off on that? <laughs> right. It's not. It's not and worth that fight. Yeah. It's not it, worth that. It's not worth it. Just let them stick their dopey cell phones up there, um, and and stream the things themselves. Uh, you know, uh, some of them actually stick the phone in the wrong direction, which drives you nuts. Uh, I always get portrait and the other one mixed up. It's uh,
1: landscape and uh, portrait. I'm, yes. Landscape yeah. and
0: portrait. Yeah. Which is the one that it would be portrait would be incorrect. Right. So, they,
1: they... Uh, I mean, uh, see, I used to be, but these days, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, the world has gone to a very portrait, uh, style with, with what, with the TikTok and the reels and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, um, wh- while I, I used to rant and rave about, ah, you gotta, you gotta do stuff. And yeah, now it's, it's, yeah.
0: Yeah. But it's, uh, it's
1: changed. So yeah. So, portrait's fine now. So.
0: So, this Kenny Omega deal today. You want to do this? Uh... Yeah, let's talk
1: about that. So he had a uh, he did a stream, uh, a Twitch stream on CEO Gaming, uh, and uh, Kenny Omega turned into an old head overnight. He wants guys to slow down. And grab some freaking holds. Nah, that's not exactly what it is. Anyway, let's. here's the quote from the CEO Gaming here. It says, that, uh, that is why I was confident doing everything through the Hangman story. That was a story about human lives. I feel as wrestling has progressed, it's become less about those a lot. If we just become physical vessels that are supposed to throw each other at a wall until everyone goes k- kersplat and don't get up again, that's the kind of wrestling I can't do anymore. And when I have to know that it's time to pack it in, uh, we're, gonna ha- we're going there already, and there are a lot of people trying to convince you that those are the best matches and five-star matches. We have to be careful. It's not to say it is impossible. I just feel this entire generation is gearing towards that one side of things. Now that the athlete in wrestling is of a higher level and there's less emphasis on character and physical presence, as difficult as it is to be an athletic daredevil in the ring, we have so many gifted and natural athletes that it is actually the easier route. Peak satisfaction for a lot of fans is when they do get those stories and when those storylines pay off. Maybe some fans have forgotten about that, but I would like to have a chance to remind them when I come back while still hopefully being able to deliver in the ring. So then people went with the headline of Kenny Omega hates flips and five star matches and Dave Meltzer sucks and grab a whole kid, basically.
0: Well, I mean, the Cliff Notes version of what Kenny had to say was back in my day in 2016, <laughs> we didn't I told care. About... Stories in the ring. <laughs> right. We didn't care about stars, now... even
1: though I did. Definitely care about stars a lot and use them to build my character. But yes, yes.
0: These kids today are only worried about high spots and Dave Meltzer ratings. These kids five years later are only worried about. So basically, Kenny, there's one of three options here. He's either become what everybody eventually becomes in pro wrestling. And that's someone from a previous generation who is shitting on the next generation. Uh, but it's a little weird because he's still part of this generation, and the complaints daddy are, that he's making are a little too on the nose. He's a guy who's been accused of being a high spot guy and not telling <laughs> yeah, Again, he's a guy
1: who literally used Dave Meltzer ratings to make a character out of.
0: Right. Like so a couple
1: I years don't... ago, including last, you know, before he got injured. Correct. That was all of his intro. was a heel stick intro about how many stars he has.
0: Well, he calls himself the best bout machine. Okay, <laughs> right. so so it's not that. So he's not he hasn't turned into Luthez saying nobody knows a wrist lock from a wristwatch. That's not it um, because he's clearly more self-aware and and the comments were a little too on the nose in describing himself. So he's either doing a cheeky um, very uh, sarcastic deal that that uh, the interviewer wasn't wise enough to pick up on or, he's doing this very specifically to continue building a match with Kenny Omega because
1: or Will Ospreay a few Will days,
0: Ospreay. Uh, yeah, yeah. With, with Will Ospreay, because, you know, a few days before that he did an interview running down Will Ospreay and basically accusing Osprey of all the things he said in this interview. Oh, he's a spot. Well, not in these exact words, but he's a spot monkey. He is concerned about star ratings and, and, and all of this. So, My interpretation of both of those Kenny Omega interviews and both of those Kenny Omega quotes is he's very clearly building a future match with Will Ospreay. How did you take it?
1: Yeah, and and so one other possible scenario uh, that that you laid out there, because you laid out a few different ones. Another one is possible that, that, that maybe Kenny is realizing or staring at the mirror and realizing he can't be that guy anymore. He can't be the physical specimen that he was before. He can't be the best bout machine like he was before. I still think when he comes back, he probably will be, you know, you know, I'd imagine that's probably why the rehab is taking so long. And he's trying to make sure that he, when he comes back, he is, you know, Kenny Omega again. And I, I can't envision a Kenny Omega. That's not at least, Oh, uh, it's good. A great wrestler. You know what I mean? Like I can't imagine that we're going to get a uh, Kenny Omega who's just going to slow things down to an absolute grind and a halt or whatever. Cause that's, that's just not who he's ever been. But I do wonder if that's maybe him also staring at the mirror and saying, look, I can't be this anymore. So now it's time for me to sort of become again, get- you know, again, kind of working a storyline, like you're saying, but sort of be against that style of wrestling because he's not going to be able to work that style of wrestling anymore. So that kind of becomes the next generation of Kenny Omega, is a guy who you know can do some pretty incredible stuff and can do some and can have great matches, but ne- isn't necessarily focused solely on having the best match of the night or getting a bunch of high star ratings or whatnot. You know what I mean? Like I think, it, but but again, that kind of goes hand in hand with what you were saying in terms of it being a storyline or whatnot. But yeah,
0: I I think that before he got hurt.
1: I don't think genuinely Kenny Omega thinks that like high spots and star ratings are bad. Like, like uh, you know what I mean. Like, I, I don't think he's he's sitting and there I don't becoming think that a he grump. Think, about and I don't it. think,
0: yeah. yeah, and I don't think he thinks in the nine months he's been out, or, or the year, or not, whatever it is that he's been out, that he thinks all of a sudden we've stopped telling stories. Right, 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 right. He doesn't yeah, that, that. That is
1: not that's he's not worked. earnest thought. That that's not earnest yeah. thought. Now what he's doing, whether it's working a direct storyline with Will, whether it's you know kind of setting the stage for his return, whatever it may be. It, it, it's something in that realm. It is, it is certainly not like you said, Kenny Omega turning into Luthes over the last nine months and deciding, ah, you know, we gotta, gotta start grabbing holds and telling stories, kids. Like, cause we're, we're just, we're, we're losing sight of the game here. Cause that's, that's not Kenny Omega. It's never been Kenny Omega. It's never going to be Kenny Omega.
0: No. Well, I think, well, look before he got hurt and he was doing the belt collector thing. And Will Ospreay was doing the belt collector thing at the same time. They were taking shots at each other on social media and they were very clearly building a match. And, whether it's because Omega got hurt or, you know, New Japan and AEW's relationship was a little icier at the time. It never happens. And now he's hurt. But when Omega did that fightful interview with Sean Ross Sapp, I thought it was very clear that once again, he was trying to uh, build a match with Kenny Omega with all the shots he was taking at Omega. Now, a lot of people don't like Will Ospreay, or I keep saying build a match with Kenny Omega. He can't build a match with himself. I thought it was very clear he was trying to build a match with Will Ospreay um, in that interview with Sean Ross Sapp. Uh, now, a lot of people don't like Will Ospreay, so it's very easy to criticize him for the things that people don't like him about and get people to buy into your work, right? Because if Kenny Omega goes out there and interviews and says that Will Osprey. Is just a guy who chases star ratings And he doesn't tell stories in his matches Well that's a lot of Will Ospreay's reputation With people so it's very easy And as you saw after that interview With, with Sap people were like Cheering on Kenny Omega Right, He became now the, the,
1: the bastion of, of Hope in pro wrestling like yeah Kenny yeah. Drag his ass yeah. Kenny <laughs> you know
0: Even Kenny knows? thinks Ospreay sucks yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> right,
1: yeah. Even Kenny realized that AEW is nothing but Flips and don't tell stories Yeah
0: so what's the best way to to, to try to build legitimate heat? Right. The old work is the new work, right? I always say that. What's the best way to, to to build a match with Will Ospreay? Go after all the things that fans really say about him and that the fans who don't like him really say about him. And that's what he was doing in that Sean Ross Sapp interview. I mean, because he's just picking up where he left off before he was injured, and him and Ospreay were sniping at each other. So I think it's very obvious that he's building a match with Will Osprey and the way that he's approaching it is well it's kind of like ribbing on the square right because it's like it's true that Will Osprey takes pride in his work and, and and guns for star ratings the same way that Omega did but omega's going to approach this as the curmudgeon-y veteran or or kind of this passive aggressive veteran who's like oh well you know that's passé you know or i was above that i was telling stories when i was getting my star ratings you're just doing moves right so the, to me, all of this Omega stuff is very clearly building a match while also maybe sprinkling in a little reality. I mean, he probably does feel like um, that's a home run. Joey Botto, that's about four to 20 feet. Um, he probably does feel like he needs to tone it down a little, but. If he goes out there and has a match with Will Ospreay, they're going to go balls to the wall. And they, those two guys are going to try to have the greatest match of all time.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, you yeah, just
0: because that's their mindset.
1: And the other thing, too, is – and we say this about Will all the time. Like, if you've watched Kenny over the last couple of years, he's not that – he's not 20 20- – 14 kenny anymore he hasn't wrestled like 2014 kenny in a very long time he doesn't even wrestle like 2016 kenny anymore he, he's he's certainly an aw slowed down i mean he's obviously the things he he does I mean, he still has incredible matches because he's kenny fucking omega or whatever but like yeah another telltale sign of like people that don't watch or don't actually pay attention is is just you know oh kenny's only about high spots or kenny's just doing this or doing flips or doing that sort of stuff it's not the case it hasn't been the case for him in a while i mean that entire run that he had. Uh, in, in 2020 and 2021, in the Bell Collector gimmick or whatever, very, very, very little of that was like classic, you know, DDT New Japan Kenny Omega was very much a, a, a new more kind of heavyweight style Kenny Omega. And it was still great because it's, it, again, it's Kenny yeah. fucking Omega, he but does take big bumps though. That oh, he does. Stopped. Yeah. Yeah. He does take some hellacious bumps for sure. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's not the, like, you know, people being like, Oh, they don't tell stories. They just flip or whatever. Yeah. That's not, I mean, that hasn't been him in, in a very, very, very long time. So oh,
0: Kenny Omega is one of the most thoughtful wrestlers in terms of putting matches together and putting stories. So I mean shit, so hit. is Will. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. I, I Again,
1: yeah. another telltale sign. Yeah. So over the Bucks. Like the Bucks, Will, and Kenny. Like the, the easiest sign to tell that this person is not worth your time is if they talk the way that they talk about those wrestlers. And the way yeah. they describe those wrestlers. If you have problems with Will Ospreay, I get it. There's a lot of things to dislike about Will Ospreay. I totally get it. But if it's oh he just flips, he doesn't know how to work, then like that person is not worth your time anymore. They're idiots. You know, it's so they don't funny. Watch. We, the Bucks, they don't, it, don't sell. Okay. You haven't yeah. watched a Bucks match in seven years then. Not worth your time anymore.
0: It's funny because we talked on the instant reaction how the Forbidden Door show was just go, 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 balls to the wall action. And then the person who slowed that show down and told a classic heel versus face story was Will Ospreay. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. On a show where everybody else was just doing shit. Uh, up to that point, the Will Ospreay match was he was a clear-cut heel Orange Cassidy was the classic baby face, and they went out there and tore the house down. Uh, now, look, they had the great closing stretch with all the incredible moves and action and all of that, but it was all well-built, and uh, it was a classic heel versus face match. But, um, but yeah, to me, this Kenny stuff... And, and and he's he's smart in that again he knows that people are gonna buy it as a shoot and what's the whole purpose of pro wrestling to get people to buy things as a shoot right so he knows people are gonna buy into this <laughs> to lie
1: and then have people believe your lies is kind of how the game works so
0: right he's playing it the best way possible it's 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 you know it's uh um you know it, it's kind of a combination of ribbing on the square and and, and, and weaving some reality into it. And then, uh, but I I think that seeds are clearly being planted because I think he probably look, he's 40 or whatever. He knows his clock is ticking, but I think he really wants that match. I think he really wants that match on a big stage, whether it's an AEW show or maybe even a, I don't, you know, would they, I guess they would welcome Kenny back in new Japan after this time. Like, I think the, the wounds have healed by now. Right. I mean, are they really going to turn down a Kenny Omega match at the Tokyo Dome or something? Of course not. So I don't know where it would be, but I think he wants to do that match. I think he wants to do it on a big stage. Um, I want to see Kenny Omega wrestle Will Ospreay because it's like the perfect storm of the better that match is, the harder people will work to tell you how bad it was. And I can't wait to see the world burn when those two guys get in a ring together and, people just completely lose their minds over it and and twist themselves into a pretzel to because uh, because really seriously the better that match ends up being the worse people will tell you that it was like you know because they get it's two guys who there are a certain segment of the fandom just will never give any credit to and if they are in the same match
1: Forget it. Oh so, yeah, it's going to be a weird, weird, weird thing. Yeah, from that so, standpoint, I would love to see that. Now, I will admit that I, I missed a lot of the, uh, the the Kenny quotes from the Fightful piece. Uh, I was just I was just reacting to the CEO Gaming one. How was anybody taking these seriously when you read these Fightful quotes? You're looking at him now. I'm yeah. looking at him now. He says Osprey. He's doing great in that role. Not my thing so much. Jay White, he's become the star that they need. I can't say one over the other, but they do work quite well harmoniously. A guy like Will, who is great at moves and has a list of 20 very forgettable five-star matches, I'm going a little too hard on Will. Will is great. I don't want to say anything bad about Will. Here's the thing. If we're being completely honest with each other, I do believe that with the current rating system and how things are viewed, I believe that Will has earned every last one of those five-star performances that he has had. Uh, Do I think that if you go back into the works of some of those legends, I'm even going to throw my name in the hat. If you go back when I was having five-star matches and I was that sort of guy, I just think the matches from back then were more memorable and as hard as Will is working. He just isn't quite. Will is there.
0: From back then, a year ago. <laughs> to 2017. Yeah. I mean, they're just the, the most Back obvious. in the
1: classic days of New Japan Pro Wrestling, yeah. four years ago. <laughs> you
0: know, from that. last year, before I was hurt, <laughs> right? uh, it was harder to you get five, five stars. Like, yeah, It's to mention Danielson. Yeah. It's so obvious a, a work oh like
1: you God, know yeah. you know
0: it's like
1: uh, the best you know. is he's bad at it like you could tell he, he starts out with like the yeah Will will's fucking he's trash and then he's like hey you know he's good like, i'm not saying he's trash but like he's also not that good like he's just he's trying so hard he
0: also had some ones where he he said new japan made the right call going with jay white instead of will osprey the thing about it is if he was trying to build a match with Jay White, he'd be doing the opposite. He's right, right. saying, oh, New Japan should have went with Will because I think, you know what I mean? It's it's just he's building a match with one guy. And he's are not you telling
1: me this professional guy. liar might not be on the up and up? I, am well, for one, cannot believe this.
0: So. Well, you know, a lot of people are, but that, look, it's good that a lot yes, of people... Yes, this, this stuff rules.
1: This stuff rocks. This I love this. this.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, you know, I'm just shaking my head because it's like... But, but that's a good thing. Look, we say it almost every week. We want want to be worked yeah. so if this stuff can successfully work people and then uh you know they they do put a match together you know i you know i think that could be a good thing um that's going to be a huge match no matter what oh I mean, for, you, sure, almost, for sure you don't need to be booker of the year to make that match uh something special or make that match work you really just need to book it because that's legitimately if you don't count if you don't count WWE guys and, and sort of doing weird cross promotional stuff that isn't realistic, you know, like Roman Reigns versus, I don't even know who you'd Roman Reigns versus Okada, like matches that are never, ever happening in terms of realistic matches that can happen. I think Kenny Omega will Ospreay might be the biggest one out there. Unless I'm, well, maybe Okada Punk or yeah,
1: something Yeah, I was going like to say, that. I think there's probably, no, um, I mean, for a certain segment of people that, that Kenny will, but, like, for the overall world, it's going to you know what I mean, it'd be like Punk versus Reigns or something, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I'd it'd be, be something like that, like that or, you know. Yeah, something
0: that's never going to happen. But I mean, <laughs>
1: right, right, right. Something that's going to happen is, yeah, I would say, like, Punk and Okada or, um, it, yeah, I mean, Will and Kenny is right it, there, dude. It's right there, Will and Kenny, sure. In
0: terms of matches that people want to see because they think it'll be great, I think that's the one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know if that would draw the most money necessarily because but at the same time I I don't know. I mean, Will kind of got himself over with the AEW fans. I mean, he was already over with most of them, but he he now has gotten himself over with anyone who didn't know who he was. Without question, after the Orange Cassidy match and the stuff on TV. Um Okada very clearly is over with the AEW audience. He, I mean, he got he blew the roof off on Dynamite. Um, so maybe Okada punk or punk. Anybody is going to be bigger. I think at this point, punk with any of those people, uh, in terms of drawing money, I don't know, but Kenny's return is going to be big too. The point here is Kenny and Will Ospreay is a huge dream match and it's one of the few that are on the table. Correct. So, um, you know, it, it it wouldn't take a ton to promote that properly. You probably have people saying, uh, you know complaining about the bill. you could just throw those two on a fucking marquee <laughs> yeah uh, like what kind of build you need? You go out there, you cut a couple promos, and week. You know, oh, they're already building it. They're I mean, already. Kenny, they're they're doing Reggie it right quote.
1: now. Yeah, and, and I will say as well, there's been a lot of Kenny quotes out there the last few weeks. So I, I the last week especially. So I do wonder if we're getting very, very close to the uh, return of him because he then said, you know, quotes. He was talking about major injury setback. He said, look, if I can get, if I get another major setback, that's it. I'm done because I can't do this again. It's like two times, three times a day. Really painful rehab. Uh, without even knowing what's going to be like once I get back in the ring, I have no clue. It's scary, actually. So,
0: look, um, he's Kenny Omega. He's a, he's a psychopath. If he gets back into the ring, he's gonna work like a psychopath. I I don't have any doubts about it. He's yeah. too proud in his work. And and you know, and, and if it means figuring out a way to have great matches, maybe without falling on your neck three times a match, maybe he'll figure that out. But um, I don't I don't worry about Kenny Omega. You know. Unless he's gonna come back and do some super meta grab a hold gimmick, but I just I can't see him doing that. You know, I just can't see it. Yeah. Hey, did you see at the scrum when uh, when when uh, Moxley was up there and he's up there with 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 Tony Khan and he's just Moxley's being Moxley and he's going Shugging on chugging their
1: non alcoholic beers, their Athletic Brewing non alcoholic beers.
0: Yeah. And he's like, yeah, 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 you know, we really got to bring in is the great Muda. We got to bring Muda in before he retires. Oh no! And then he goes, and 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 Khan's like pulling his collar because all these new Japan representatives are there. And then he's like, yeah, I'll tell you another guy. We got to bring in that Junakiyama to work with Kingston. And and Khan is just like, oh, well, you know. Uh, <laughs> You got the, the great new japan uh you know uh, <laughs> right. uh, uh uh front office people here uh john and i don't know uh you'd have that's, to clear that with this box
1: is just naming other dudes yeah. and other companies other too.
0: japanese guys that you know politically cannot happen uh on a new <laughs> japan show they can't even get uh, uh, Takeshida on on any of the shows. And <laughs>
1: right. he's a, they couldn't and get he, they couldn't get Pentagon Jr. to wrestle because CMLL doesn't want an a, a AAA yeah. guy on a show with New Japan wrestlers.
0: And he's fantasy <laughs> and booking Akiyama, Akiyama
1: versus Eddie Kingston.
0: <laughs> with 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 uh, and Gato in the back listening, you know he's fantasy booking <laughs> Akiyama. I just thought that was hilarious. Now, that would uh, rock,
1: and he should definitely find a way to do that and maybe do his own produce show. But, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen on uh, all elite wrestling television anytime soon.
0: Khan, so. very uncomfortable with all of that. Um, anything else on this Omega thing? or uh, I know you're champing at the bit to get some money in the bank. <laughs> no, so I, I cannot know, wait. Uh,
1: uh to talk about the WWE Money the big Premium Live Event cuz I got a lot of things to talk about about that Premium Live Event sir but uh yeah nothing else on the Kenny comments I just want to point out how you know it's just funny to see Kenny Omega thinks wrestlers need to learn how to work again you know it You know it, it
0: does you alluded to it but it really does give unfortunate fuel to the fire of the AEW trolls who are now going to say that even Kenny Omega thinks that there's no storytelling in in AEW and it'll give fuel to the fire of the, you know, like the Osprey trolls who are now going to say that, you know, Kenya, you know, Kenny Omega says Will Osprey doesn't have to work. And, but, um, you know, that's not really of Omega's concern. If he's trying to build a match, he's just trying to get people to talk about him talking about Will Osprey. So, um, you know, but but there is that byproduct of it, and you are starting to see some of that. We're like, oh, even Kenny Omega says they don't tell stories in AEW, which you know is kind of shitty. But um, you know, whatever. I, I guess that just is what it is. And
1: you they know. seem to. It, it seems at this point AEW has, has kind of leaned into and realizes that there is always going to be this annoying bad press about them, so they may as well just make money off of it. You know what I mean? Like try to build matches through it, which is probably yeah. smart, honestly. If people are going to criticize and get upset and do all that sort of stuff all the time, then you know, may as well. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's. Um. So yeah, that's that's Kenny Omega's comments. We'll see, but uh, we should make we should make Kingston happen. That rule, right?
0: Uh, yeah. I'd watch the fuck out. He can, he can come
1: in. He can slide in through the DDT connection, right?
0: I mean, what's yeah. The I mean, that that, DDT yes. connection.
1: Like, what, what's the, what's you know? The
0: problem wasn't suggesting. Bring, it was suggest. Yeah, yeah, for the
1: record, it wasn't suggesting. Akiyama. It was suggesting Akiyama in a room full of New Japan wrestlers and like
0: and executives and
1: executives that are you know are, are hoping that you promote their show and John's like putting over guys from other companies in front of them. So
0: right, that was what was uncomfortable about it because I think Tony Khan would book June Akiyama in a second. Oh God, but yes, of course. You have you have John Moxley maybe in October he'll
1: wrestling. book him and not you know in a press yeah, conference with executives. He's putting over cyber.
0: Japan. He's putting over cyber agent wrestlers, <laughs> right. after a New Japan show. You know, and that's right, that's right, why right. it was uncomfortable.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. But fuck yeah, we should definitely make Akiyama and Kingston happen at some point. All right, let's talk about uh, world wrestling entertainment. Uh, let's start with uh, well, we'll do this quickly. Uh, interesting week uh, in in Vince McMahon who continues to just post through it, and is now convinced <laughs> convinced himself that he must be on television every single week on every single show. So he is posting through it. Um, I. It might be working for a certain segment of fans, but it's definitely not working for fans uh, who recently became aware of the Rita Chatterton story, which uh, came up uh, this week. Again, for people that are not aware of the story, uh, New York uh, New York Magazine uh, did a very, very good article speaking with Rita uh, as well about it uh, for those that do not know about the Rita Chatterson, uh, uh story. Chatterson- situation uh we had alluded to it a little bit a couple weeks ago but i guess we didn't go into you know a bunch of detail and i did have a few people reach out to me and say hey what's the story and you know i linked them to stuff and they go holy crap how's that not a bigger story and i'm like i don't well, know we did well, <laughs> yeah. well we didn't
0: we didn't just allude to it we said this is probably going to come up again yes and two weeks and later here we are it
1: did yes we were saying that while well, burying these stories you know it, always, it used to work but it might not be able to work anymore and it doesn't work anymore because you get New York Magazine that looks into this. Some real outlets look into this. And, yeah, for those that do not know, uh, a little bit of background. I would definitely recommend reading the New York Magazine uh, article as well. It's it's linked in the show notes uh, here. But you can just look up New York Mag and, and look up Rita Chatterton. You should be able to find it. But uh, uh, the Chatterton story, is she, she alleged on uh, Geraldo Rivera's Now It Can Be Told show. Were you a big fan of Geraldo Rivera's Now It Can Be Told show uh, in 1992. I don't even remember that show, but uh, I was four. So I guess yeah, one that's of,
0: my excuse one of Geraldo's so. many shows. I, yeah, I Geraldo's
1: don't... had a lot. Yeah, I don't remember which specific Geraldo ones this was. It was like a was,
0: syndicated but... Geraldo show. Now it can be told. Yeah. It was a daytime talk kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah,
1: he's. Hard-hit news here, but uh, this one was a pretty big deal because uh, he in uh, uh, 1992, he interviewed her and and, and, and Chatterton said that uh, Vince McMahon raped her in 1986, allegedly. Uh, she alleges that Vince propositioned sex to get a higher-paying contract. Uh, in the article, she mentions that her friend and former wrestler Mario Mancini uh, had also warned her to stay away from Vince. Uh, Later, Vince and Linda would sue Chatterton and Rivera for the false uh, accusations, Uh, but later they would drop those charges because at that same time they also had the Mel Phillips thing, the Tom Cole thing, the Terry Garvin thing, the Pat Patterson thing, and the Dr. Zahorian steroid distribution controversy, so they decided to focus on those as uh, as opposed to the Chatterton thing, and then the Rita Chatterton thing just kind of went away, and nobody really ever talked about it a whole lot ever since then, so... It did come up a little bit here. Uh, There was some quotes as well. They talked to both Mario Mancini and uh, Chatterton. Mancini says, was she taken advantage of? Absolutely. Was she scared to death? Absolutely. Did she want to do that? Probably not. Uh, And Chatterton herself said, now this girl's come forward. I'm sure others will come forward because we're not the only two. There's not a doubt in my mind about that.
0: Yeah. And um, she didn't really, if I'm not mistaken, get into the details of what she's alleging in the latest article, but she did on the Geraldo show, right? right? right. Is, I have that correct.
1: And if I remember correctly, yeah, it was about a limo. Um, I, yeah. I don't want to go through all the she other details. It. You can find it out if you really want to. I don't want to go through like the graphic details of you know this alleged you know incident or whatever. But you can you can find it on. She your alleges a yeah. rape, basically. Right, right. She was in a limo. He raped her. You know that that's yeah. yeah.
0: Performing an act and then right. He forced her into another act. And, you know, that's what she's alleging. That's what she alleged on Geraldo. She didn't really, interestingly enough, didn't really get into it in the article. She had some different quotes in the article that you already laid out. Mario Mancini was actually a job guy, a very well known job guy. Like he'd work all the TV tapings and he was a regular job guy. And he may have even gone on the road a bit to work prelims in those days, but he he wasn't a guy that ever got a push or anything like that. But he trained with uh, Chatterton. They went to the same wrestling school, and, and that's how they were friends. Um, so, yeah, we look, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, we knew this was going to pop up. And I believe the same person who wrote the New York Mag article is also writing the Vince biography that's coming out. Yes, um, yes. Here, here's, now, here's where things get a little muddy. I know the – Uh, Her first name's Abe. What's the last name?
1: Uh, Let me let me get uh, that exactly. Yeah, just so I I, we make sure we got it right. Is it Abe
0: Reitman or Abe?
1: um, Let me make sure because they they did a great job. So I wanted to uh, get the name Abraham Reisman. Abraham Reisman.
0: It's now Abe Reisman because they have come out as trans.
1: Oh okay okay.
0: So uh, it's it's this was this is a recent. Sorry, the byline the
1: byline says Abraham. So that's that's all I was reading. Yeah,
0: but the yeah no no because the. I think because I was going through this person's Twitter timeline, I think she's saying she's okay with the using the name Abraham on bylines, but she's going by Abe in life Got or it. something. Like okay, that. okay. But anyway, this person recently came out as trans and has switched to the her she pronouns. But here's where things get really complicated. She wrote this story, she wrote the Vince biography that's coming out, and obviously with all of this happening, there's going to have to be, you know, the biography's going to be not necessarily be rewritten. Actually, I think I saw her explain it on her Twitter timeline. She said something to the effect of, the way that I wrote the biography, I really don't have to do a lot of additional work, meaning... She probably included a lot of this
1: stuff in the biography. The right, right, so. which may be why you were able to get so – because it did seem – I mean, like, nobody's heard from Rita Chatterton in, in years. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it's been a very, very long time since, you know, she has been a name that you heard about unless you were, like, deep in wrestling lore and, and, and looked this thing up. So – There's a very good chance that all these quotes were already in there and that this discussion was already happening. And this maybe was a hey, I can take this section out of my book because it's way more important to tell this story now than to wait for, you know, March of 2023 or whatever when that book's going. I think it is March of 2023. I just guess, yeah, it is. Well, I don't know how I guess I must have known that before, but, um, you know, it may have been this is an important story that I want to tell today. So I'm going to take these quotes that I have and take the story that I do know and maybe expand it a little bit more, put some additional quotes, talk to another, a a few more people, you know, get a little bit more fleshed out. But like, I can tell this story right now there's no need to wait uh until March because this is a story that does need to be told right now so yeah I, I would guess that that probably is the case which in if that was uh you know and and the the article or the the name of the book is you know ringmaster Vince man and the unmaking of America so it didn't didn't sound like a very flattering book title from from that so it it, it doesn't didn't really seem like it was going to be a very flowery, you know, depiction of world wrestling entertainment and Vince McMahon taking wrestling out of the smoky guard armories and all the other, you know, bullshit you're going to usually get like that doesn't read like that. You know, that title definitely reads in a different way. And yeah, this article seems to you know, say, and like you said, the follow up there seems to, to, to to let us know that maybe more details in this sort of stuff was being explored already in this book, in which case that that's good because these stories do need to be told.
0: Here's where it gets messy. And I don't even know if you're aware of this. No, oh, no. So what's, what's her last name again?
1: Uh, Reisman.
0: Reisman. So Abe Reisman. There are some allegations that when Abe Reisman was uh, still living as a man that they there are abuse allegations towards other women <sighs> there, that came out on Twitter oh, in the last week or so now that doesn't it mean be
1: easy God damn it. now
0: that doesn't mean vince mcmahon
1: <laughs> right it didn't also didn't do rape things, somebody <laughs> right?
0: didn't do the things he's being accused of by rita chatterton or that anything that may or may not come out in this biography doesn't have merit or that the but that certainly can be used against the author right when it comes down to you know um if this book is less than flattering, which it looks like it's going to be, well, then the Vince defense could be, oh, well, this person, you know, beats women, right? And right, has right, accusations right. Yeah. So of you're, their you're, own,
1: you know, pot calling kettle black type of yeah stuff. Which
0: yes, so because allegedly Abraham Reisman was on a list during uh when uh, during the Me Too thing, you know, wrestling at speaking out, you had Me Too in Hollywood, and then there was also, you know, every industry went through that during yeah. that period. And in the journalism world, there was a list of men in media and journalism who were being accused of things, and Abe Reisman was on that list. And more accusations came out on Twitter the other day. So that makes things – it just adds another wild twist to what's going on because now you have this author who both wrote the biography and wrote this article – with the Rita Chatterton accusations resurfering, resurfacing that has accusations of their own. What a fucking mess. Messy,
1: messy, messy, messy.
0: Just so messy. Um, but again, that doesn't like, that doesn't absolve
1: Vince. Right, Vince right, right. Like some dumb people might use it as but such, it, but this is all true things that <laughs> were reported on. It was real quotes. It definitely will take people. attention away. Right, right, right. But,
0: you, you know, because then it, it, they can, they can divert the attention. Away by using that as as sort of uh, to deflect. There's no question that it, that it's it's not optimal. It's not <laughs> optimal. So, um, it, you know, there always has to be something. This is this is pretty wild. So, uh, uh, this Abe Reisman could go down themselves if if some of the allegations against them, um, you know, uh, turn out to have some legs and and are legitimate and everything. So. It's interesting that if you knew you had accusations that you'd write – you'd go after a story of this nature, right, because you would think that that would open you up to reopen you to the things that you've been accused of. It's
1: very – very bizarre well as we saw in uh in, in in the wrestling speaking out people a lot of times don't think that oh wait wait a minute and i'm i'm also involved in this who was the who was the dork from the uk that was like josh bodem josh Bodum. <laughs> the most incredible one of the entire he's like josh, yeah josh we need Bodum. to clean this wrestling up or whatever you, <laughs> you guys should be ashamed of yourself yeah. and then in five minutes 30 Literally people were minutes. like Bro, what about this, 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 and this? Deleted everything, went away. It hasn't been heard from ever since.
0: Yeah, in a span of, a, in, in, in literally a 10-minute time span. Yeah,
1: stood up he, on this soapbox and said, no, not anymore. Sh-
0: <laughs> like... Yeah, not, no, not only that, shit on the people being accused.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Said that he had some stories to tell, right? <laughs> then multiple people immediately came out and told their stories about him And he deleted his account, and this all happened in, like, eight minutes. (laughs) Just the best. On, like, the day of one of the, you know, main days of speaking. It's just crazy. Um, When, if he had just not said anything, his stories may have never cut. Because if you recall, Rich, Josh Odom wasn't even involved in wrestling anymore because RevPro, which was the only place that was even left using him because he was such a, you know, a, a loose cannon, I guess. Remember he beat up the ref? Remember yeah, he oh, attacked yeah, 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 yeah,
1: of course, right.
0: In the match against Aussie Open or whatever it was, and he beat up the referee, so Rev Pro fired him, and that was really the last place he was working, and he had been gone for months. Like, <laughs> he
1: didn't have to do this. <laughs>
0: yeah, he already had, like, a shoot job. like he, So, he, yeah, he, there was no, like, reason. Like, he could have, he, he may have, the accusations against him may have never come out because people weren't even thinking about him. He put himself back in the spotlight <laughs> Jesus for eight minutes.
1: So, yeah, you shouldn't. Yeah, who knows? But uh, anyway, that's uh, an interesting article to check out no matter what. And, yeah, we'll not be not the first and will certainly not be the last either. Uh, many, many, many more things are going to come.
0: Now, up. This Vince story is far from over, um, you know, and, and look, we're going to find out what these other NDAs are. I mean, maybe. Chatterton at this point has one that she didn't have in 1986 when she went on Geraldo because she didn't give a lot of details to Reisman for that article. She gave some generalities, but she didn't get into the specifics of the attack or anything like that. Um, The the big news coming out of that article was Mario Mancini backing up the story because that was the new information that really none of us had been aware of because this story, you know you know it was obviously something that's been out there for many many years and we even brought it up a few weeks ago and um said look th- these are the kind of stories that are going to come back up you know another one i think that's going to come up is the ashley masaro right which i world... did
1: mention as well a couple weeks ago where yeah people that weren't aware about that one again you can look up all the details about that but not good either
0: and that's not vince necessarily but she was allegedly raped on one of the uh what do they call those the uh
1: yeah the tributes of the troops
0: yeah and 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 the the the, the the part that is damaging the WWE is that they allegedly helped cover that up. Right. I, just, I
1: think Ashley said that Vince straight up told it was a one-time thing and I don't want to ruin our, our relationship with the military.
0: Right. And that was the quote so, that kind of was like, oh,
1: all right. <laughs> okay.
0: And that came out a few years ago and it just went away. Yeah. Like it just, nothing it came, came out after of- she
1: committed suicide. Like it was, I thought it would yeah. be a, th- and the people were like, oh, all right. And then it, the cycle it was a day, and then it went away. And I was like, okay. Guess so going to mention that again. All right. Great. Yeah, but, uh, it's yeah, it's going to get important. mentioned again. That now it's, now it's going to. And, and the thing is, and we always talk about this, when the real magazines and the real websites start swarming, that is when things get real ugly. When New York Magazine is doing it. When... I I was able to find a whole recap of this Rita Chatterton thing in Kotaku, which is a video game website. You know what I mean? Like, these other websites are getting a hold of this. Other big mainstream things are getting a hold of this, and that is when things are going to get ugly.
0: Yeah, and there's going to be stories that come out, particularly when we find out what these other NDAs are that are going to involve other on-screen talent and and probably some shocking names to people and it's 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 going to you know i'd be surprised if this doesn't get a little uglier whether the end result is uh Vince permanently gone from the company or whether he skates like he always seems to skate uh it's going to get a little uglier before either of those things happen right i mean because the investigations are are the stories are already being written right from what we've been told so the ne- the next stories the next wave of stories are coming.
1: Right, people know certain people are privy to certain names on those lists, and that that's going to be big when that happens. Yes, when, yes. when those people and- are able to, or allowed to, or feel comfortable with, you know, covering the names that are on that list, because we've been straight up told from people, yeah, you know, they didn't tell us names that are on the list, but Jason said, you know, they're they're. Yes, there are talent on this list. On screen so, talent, right? There is on screen talent on these lists. So, so somebody, somebody has those lists, and 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 worse yet, if if these seven or eight or nine different law firms, you know that, that are trying to sue and and collect enough, you know, stockholders to, to to get in there and sue or whatever, that then opens them up to discovery, which then opens up this whole gigantic can of worms. If any of those law firms get get through and actually take. Vince and them to court and take WWE to court, and they don't. WWE just doesn't settle with them immediately, which they're probably going to want to do, uh, because if they do go to court, then discovery happens, and then under oath, Vince McMahon's going to have to talk about those NDAs, and that's
0: right. Which is why you have whatever the number is, seven or nine. I think it's nine law firms now that that have these suits, um, because they know that in all likelihood these are probably going to end up just being settled. Right. They're they're unlosable. Right. Because... Vince
1: does not want to get into a courtroom and have to to, to talk under oath, so.
0: Correct. Yeah. That, that, yeah, forget it. So uh, that's why they're all coming out of the woodwork and, (laughs) and uh, getting the investors together to, to go out. Yeah. It's wow. I mean, so, you know, and, and um, I, I don't even remember where we left off with this story, but I mean, you know, Stephanie is the board, you know, the CEO and chairperson, chairwoman of the board for now. And, i tell you who crawled out of his hole. That's triple H. He's all over the place now.
1: I'm back in NXT. I'm signing Logan Paul. I'm doing mm -hmm. points. I'm taking pictures and pointing. Yeah. He's, he's back pointing. So, uh, he is, uh, his, his cardiac event is apparently in the past. He's, he's back and ready to go. So
0: telling people in NXT that he's back and things (laughs) are going to change. And yeah, front and center with the Logan Paul thing. And it's, uh, it's the Paul and Steph show again, you know, and, uh, who knows? Maybe maybe it is a marathon and not a sprint, Kreech. You know, maybe... Uh, yeah, play
1: the long game. Play that long game. Maybe so, uh... maybe
0: he's back in the saddle, you know? <laughs> it, he is for now, that's for sure. There was no sign of that man.
1: To the point where the people were of... asking earnestly, is this man dead? Yeah. Earnestly asking, okay, I, I mean this in the best way possible. Are we sure that he's not dead? <laughs> yeah. The answer was, I don't know. <laughs> there was a long time where... I couldn't tell you if he was dead or not. Didn't tweet anything. There were, remember there was the one tweet that we were able to find where it was like at the show with my wife and he was at like Hamilton with Stephanie apparently. Yeah. And it was just a photo of like the playbill and that was it. It's like all right. Yeah. And that was like the only tweet for like 3 months. You know, there was Showing no like proof
0: he was really there.
1: <laughs> right. There was like playbill. generic NXT tweets or whatever and then there was spending a lovely night with my wife and it's a picture of the playbill and it's like well turn turn that camera around let's see you know your pretty faces at the At the Hamilton show, but uh, no, didn't. uh,
0: didn't. And he did the he did the Stephen A. Smith interview. That was it. Right, right. That was it. You know, that's the only public thing that he did. That was just that was just to announce his retirement. And you know, that was doing I you know because Stephen A. Smith, of course, like everybody else, was a Nick Khan client at one point. So uh, that was the connection there, I assume. Um, You know, so uh, yeah, but now he's you know every photo op imaginable now he's all over the back back yeah big smile on his face why wouldn't he right (laughs) yeah absolutely you know so uh you know they start bringing indie wrestlers into uh rainbow raw again and then we really know that he's pulling
1: we need the pictures we need the pictures we need you know him him pointing to you know uh i'm trying to think of who uh who's a current indie wrestler that he would scoop up for uh rainbow raw
0: Speedball Mike Bailey.
1: Speedball Mike Bailey. There you go. Yeah, Mike Bailey backstage NXT. Triple H doing the point. You know
0: what I
1: mean? Yeah, like, property those, of, right. of WWE Performance Center shirt on Speedball.
0: We need those kick pads without the shoes. Pointing. <laughs> Absolutely. Jordan Oliver. Big shake.
1: Yeah, shake you think you Jordan think Oliver?
0: he's gonna you think he's gonna
1: Rainbow Rock? Uh, Isn't Jordan uh, Oliver's uh, future? Uh, well, who, what is in uh, WWE's future is one Logan Paul YouTuber. Uh, An influencer, Logan Paul, has signed with World Wrestling Entertainment. Supposedly, he will, quote, perform across multiple events. Are you excited about Logan Paul performing across multiple events, Joe? Yes. Okay. <laughs> money in the bank. Are you ready for money? everything else about Logan Paul performing like, across all, multiple that's events? It, that's I don't the know. Whole,
0: what
2: do you want to
1: say? It. It's Logan Paul performing across multiple events. I don't know. He's he was fine. good at WrestleMania. He was not bad. He was honestly not that bad. So
0: He showed charisma. He obviously showed physical ability. Um, he didn't look like a celebrity. He looked like an athlete. You know, he he performed well. He reminded me of Art Bar. I think we mentioned that at the time. He reminded me of like vintage Art Bar. Yeah, that is MMA. that's
1: a great comp. Yeah, I think we may have made that at the time too. Just an absolute shit bag. Like just just pure shit bag in every way, shape, or form.
0: Yeah, he understood how to how to how to troll the crowd. He had, of course, uh,
1: be turned him face, by the way, if you're wondering yeah, where this, how course, this all yeah. ends with the just unmistakable shitbagness that is Logan Paul, is that WWE tried to make him a good guy because they fucking stink. Yeah,
0: obvious heel charisma.
1: Everybody hates him.
0: He knew how to carry himself. He didn't have that thing that young wrestlers or celebrities have where they don't know how to, like just stand just to just uh carry themselves in front of the crowd he knows how because he's a performer he well, yeah he's a performer he has
1: a ton of confidence because he's a fucking multi-time millionaire because of youtube so he's confident as fuck because he, he's made it in life all of us are <laughs> not making it and he's just a shitbag so he's got confidence and and he's not afraid to be an, uh, an asshole either he embraces no, it he,
0: he knows how to get himself over right and you know so and and he's a real athlete he's boxed before in front of a big crowd so he had all of the elements and then he performed well and he had charisma and he carried himself well and and to me I'm watching him and it's really weird cuz a lot of people are making Will Ospreay comps I don't see that at all I see Art Barr he he was like Art Barr reincarnated at WrestleMania
1: right if you want to if you want to learn a little bit more about Art Barr and why he was such an absolute shitbag we did a deep dive about uh, our art our, our bar. Uh, many. Let me find out when we did that. That was in 2020, I remember, but I forget exactly when uh, we did that. Let me see if I can get the exact dates. But if you're a flagshippatreon.com Your member, uh, you can go and listen to that. It was the Deep Dive Love Machine versus Blue Panther. That was in 2021, October of 2021. Uh, we did a deep dive. You can find it on the $5 tier, flagshippatreon.com, uh, the Deep Dive Love Machine versus Blue Panther if you need a, a refresher on just the absolute shitbag that was Art uh, Bar. In the best way, but I, well. Not always the best way possible. Some well, of the things is like hey, in the wrestling realm. In the he was a shithead in the best way possible, and in, in his personal life, hey,
0: well, we talk about his accusations yes, in that yes, deep dive yes, as yes, well. Yes, yes. So, um, but yeah, I, anyway, that's who he reminded me of. I I think the guy's a lot of upside. Now, look, he's not going to be working Raw every week. He's not going to be working house. You don't shows, think Raw is going to be
1: the multiple events that he's going to be performing across?
0: I uh, you know every now and then maybe, but you know he's not going to be full timer. Is my point. But um, you know he I I think he's he's he looked really good at WrestleMania and he has some potential. I mean, um, you know he was he you know he was better than Bad Bunny and Bad Bunny wasn't that bad, but Bad Bunny had that rough around the edges celebrity thing. He, this guy came across like a, a far more polished product. He was a little more McAfee than Bad Bunny.
1: Yes. Yeah, just knew knew the game. Knew, Bad Bunny was athletically fine and, and was clearly like open to learning how to become res, a, a wrestler yeah. and open to becoming better in the ring. Like Logan Paul exudes just pro wrestling. You know what I mean? He gets it. It's that elusive it. Logan Paul gets it. Paul Pat McAfee got it and always got it. Um, yeah. Certain guys get it. Not everybody. It, it's tough. It, it's not easy for a celebrity to get it. But Logan Paul definitely does.
0: I'd put him ahead of Bad Bunny. I'd put him ahead of McAfee. Um, I'd put him ahead of the uh, Cody's buddy who played the fucking what the hell was that guy's name? Stephen. Uh, oh,
1: Stephen Amell. Yeah, no, yeah.
0: He wasn't bad. I mean, he was okay. He uh, again, wrestled, but he was
1: more of the Bad Bunny, where like he was anxious to get better and learn, but didn't come across as like a wrestler. As a you know, he came across as a celebrity wrestling, as opposed to Logan Paul, who who comes across as a wrestler that's also a celebrity type of thing. You know, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. Amel, like, you could tell Amel and Bad Bunny respect it and didn't treat it like a joke and worked hard to be good at it. And, I mean, Amel is still doing heels. I mean, so he's really, you know, he he he, under, he respects it, the craft, and now he's doing the wrestling-based television show. Um, but, yeah, I, I I think Paul was more impressive than any of those recent so I thought he absolutely was a natural. So um, it gives a little juice. What it does say, though, is you know, it's another part timer. You know, all their biggest stars and all their biggest names are these part timers: Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, and now Paul and and uh John Cena comes back and immediately sells out a Raw and pops a rating on um, John Cena right now. John Cena is still their biggest draw. He is still their biggest draw. Oh, he yeah, shows yeah. up like yeah, he came
1: there. out on Raw. He saved that MSG show that we talked about uh, yeah. at length, even though the needle mover was on that show. But uh, Cena saved it. Yeah, he comes out on Raw. All leaned out and and Hollywood and yeah pops a huge rating because he's fucking John Cena.
0: Yeah, he's gonna do a match with Theory, and uh, you know that's gonna be a big deal. Whenever they probably SummerSlam, I'm guessing, you know, and and Paul will do his, whatever he's gonna do with the Miz at SummerSlam, and Brock and Roman are coming back for SummerSlam, and then all these people go away again, and they and they aren't making any stars with the people that are there week to week. So, in a lot of ways, Paul. Uh, spotlights and exemplifies The issues that they have You know if, if all of these people decided That they were all done with wrestling what the fuck Would they do it's gonna be the Drew McIntyre show what well, the fuck? I mean are they shit do? we saw
1: What happens with, what happens when Roman Reigns says hey I'm not coming to those shows then you know
0: That's what I mean you what get shows Roman... like this
1: money in the bank That we're gonna talk about which is just an absurd card like it's a terrible card
0: perfect segue let's talk about awful card
1: so money in the bank premium live event is on july 2nd from the intimate confines of the mgm grand garden arena have you ever been to the intimate confines of the mgm grand garden arena joe
0: i've never been inside
1: i've walked next to i have walked next to it but i've never been inside the intimate confines walked past
0: it many times sure so
1: yeah this of course was a show that was going to be in the giant football stadium it is now from the intimate confines of the mgm garden Grant garden arena Supreme live events uh we have u.s championship theory versus bobby lashley theory versus bobby lashley
0: yeah i mean if you're gonna do theory versus cena and look that's just my speculation i don't know if they're gonna do that but why would you tease it if you're not gonna do it um why would you have theory punk cena and have cena just walk away if cena wasn't gonna wrestle him at some point Maybe you want to get the U.S. title off of Theory before you put him in a ring with Cena. Right, because Cena's going
1: to have to win win that, and you don't really want Cena to win the U.S. title. Right. By the way, people are going to say, no, you don't want Cena to win. Cena's going to win that match. Get the fuck out of here. He's not... Theory's not beating John Cena. I don't think.
0: Uh, Yeah, probably not. But uh, current odds, Theory is minus 200, and Lashley's plus 140. So, Uh, you know, speaking of Vegas, they're not sure. You know, Theory... You know, a, a two to one favorite, but le- but not exactly overwhelming odds
1: here. Right, right. Uh, WWE tag team titles here: the Usos versus the Street Profits.
0: Yeah, my bookie's got the Usos at minus four hundred, so they're solid favorites here over the Street Profits. Uh, look, I don't know. This is one of these things where, um, ultimately at the end of the day, it does not matter. So it'll be at the whims.
1: <laughs> right, yeah, oh, no, none of the, the results that be so hard about bet on WWE because none of the results ever matter that much. Like nothing change the, the the world of WWE does not change. If the Street Profits beat the U.S. Ops for the tag team titles here. Nothing right. changes. I mean,
0: there's some thought you could put into theory, like we discussed, only because the Cena match is looming. But there's no thought you could put into this. It it, it it's whatever they feel like doing, and it really is inconsequential either way. Um, all you could really say is, is, you know, do they want to keep all of these titles on, on, you know, the Usos and Roman for now, and, and you know, I don't know, but the Usos could just win them right back on TV or something if they wanted. So it, it's impossible to tell. I, Montez Ford and I don't remember Angelo Dawkins.
1: Was. Come on, Angelo Dawkins.
0: No, 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 no. The match oh. on Raw, Ford versus. Can you look that up real
1: quick? Uh, yes. Which, um, I obviously watched Raw, so I should remember this off the top of my head, but uh, I do not. You haven't watched Raw in months. If <laughs> I watch not Raw in months. You're correct. I tried, and it's really bad. Jey Uso. It was, uh, Montez Ford and Jay Uso.
0: Ford and Jay Uso had a really good match on Raw. Uh, so I think this could be an excellent match. But uh, in terms of predicting a winner, hey, I watched Raw start the finish without hitting fast forward a single time this week. Yeah. Well, because I planned on writing a review because I'm doing those new written TV reviews behind the paywall on the $10 tier at patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling and it was fucking torture. I I don't know how anyone does this on a week-in, week-out basis and watches this show without skipping anything. It is so bad and it never ends. It's three hours that feels like I don't know three days it's so hard to watch and by the way i'm not even gonna end up writing about it because i just watched it with like
2: (laughs) glazed eyes
0: i have nothing to say like it's just so it's just awful awful television you know you watch dynamite with these vibrant crowds and everybody's into everything and you get you know great matches every week and then you put on raw and it's like you know you hear the vacuum cleaner in the background or the hairdryer because they're piping in the sound and you know the just the promo style and
1: it's just yeah don't um, don't man. don't review raw you don't really have to i know you're i no, know you're I trying mean, but just don't just review another well, show the
0: gimmick with the written reviews is i'm going to review different shows every week like okay. you never know what you're going to get it it's never just never
1: review raw though
0: well, you know, I watched NXT 2.0 this week oh, as well. Oh, don't do that
1: either. No, it's also bad. But what, ha-
0: what happened with that is that show was so bad, so boring, and so, like, inconsequential. Like, nothing happened on the two-hour show. It was just a boring, nothing-happening show that I also scrapped plans to write about that because <laughs> I – I couldn't even figure out an angle to make fun of it. Like, I can't even figure out a way to riff on it. Like, you're punching so down.
1: Yeah, you're punching down, down at that point. So.
0: And even that, it's just it was so boring and bad that I, I couldn't find ways to even riff on it this week. So, basically, I watched five hours of WWE programming start to finish for work, and I'm getting nothing out of it. Because <laughs> I, I can't figure out a way to write about either show. Anyway, what's next on this
1: Sounds money awesome. in the bank? I do, I do want to break in with some uh, NBA free agent news, Joe. You and I, yeah, are going to be kindred spirits here. One, Andre Drummond, your boy Andre Drummond, is a Chicago Bull.
0: Why is Andre Drummond? He's not my one of your boys? guys. He's
1: not one of your guys at all. You, yeah, you, you have a, UConn. No, I know. I hate you, UConn. No, but you've always had a soft spot for Andre Drummond. You always ask what he's doing. You asked what Greg Monroe is doing, and you a lot of times asked for what Andre Drummond is doing, and I don't know why you always ask what Andre Drummond is doing. Are you just are you hoping for his downfall? Is that why you keep asking? I don't recall. asking You have about asked Andre about Drummond. Andre Drummond before. Well, then fine. I will be on the Andre Drummond bandwagon by myself. He's terrible. Yeah, I'm
0: you. Oh, you're all alone. He was. He's nah. a UConn guy. I have no love for Andre Drummond. I
1: None. think you okay. You must. You must be hate asking about him then, because you're always at Hey, what's he up to? Hey, fake, fake ring guy. You know what Listen. I mean? Like, uh, listen. He tried the Greg fake ring route for a while. It's not working out, though. So,
0: Greg Monroe.
1: You, you do ask uh, about Greg Monroe always, which, which I do. Well, that's that hard. that is an and earnest earnest attempt to find out what Greg Monroe is doing. So,
0: is Henry Sims still?
1: In the league? <laughs> <laughs> is Henry Sims still in the league? I haven't heard the name of Henry Sims in a while. I do not. Henry Sims uh, last appeared on the twenty sixteen Brooklyn Nets. He is he is out.
0: You know, Roy Hibbert. I know is retired. He I used is, to talk about Yeah, him. he is no longer there anymore. Roy Hibbert a lot. Hoyas of uh days gone by
1: uh um, jeff green Roy Hibbert. jeff green still hanging on oh,
0: jeff green. i mean he's still an effective bench player yeah for, mac mcclung I mean, was yeah. was a
1: bull for uh, a little bit this year one game he was a laker for one yeah he, he
0: had that one highlight reverse dunk i recall
1: <laughs> right everybody stopped back. and he did a reverse dunk and they were like yeah and then they released him <laughs> two hours later so
0: yeah I, I think so yeah yeah that's exactly what happened
1: let him get his auto you know, porter jr nba champion Otto porter jr
0: NBA champion, Otto Porter, who you cannot slag off on anymore. (laughs) I uh, I certainly can. A key contributor to a championship Ah. team. As, (laughs) listen.
1: Define key. uh,
0: I don't know, like a 19 PER for the year and uh, quality uh, stabilizing playoff performances, I would say, out of Otto Porter.
1: Are you sure you had a 19 PER?
0: Probably somewhere in that neighborhood. It was actually, it was actually
1: fifteen, fifteen point nine, sixteen. Let's oh, I'm not was That's sixteen not bad.
0: player. That is not, off the bench. That's what you want.
1: <laughs> key. You know, I think key might be a little strong there, but
0: you know, you know, um, you know what they say, Rich. You know, it's one of the most uh, undervalued thing in sports is a good, solid, average player. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You know. It's, uh, there could be the difference in the championship. You you get a good, solid average number four starter and number five starter. You have a leg up on 20 teams in baseball who are running out guys with a six ERA. It's true. Get 180 innings of 4.1 ERA out of that four and five spot. What are we doing? i supposed
1: to be doing money in the bank. <laughs> I apologize. Mike Sweetney no longer in the NBA, Joe, if you're worried. Uh, oh, God. So, no. Heidi <laughs> White also no longer a uh, – Now you're I, going
0: back to the 90s.
1: Yeah, no, I'm going back to like the era. That I, this is like the era that I remember. Ruben, do you remember How about
0: Ruben uh, Boomjay That's exactly Bum-Jay. what I was
1: going to bring up is Ruben Boomjay Boomjay, one of my favorite – every time I, I did an NBA 2k franchise I would get Ruben Boomjay Boomjay because he was great he was like seven foot four big ass body like just a giant dude and I would always get him on my teams because he could rebound the hell out of the ball uh actual NBA play mm, mm, not great but uh, NBA 2k not bad for Ruben Boomjay Boomjay one of my one of my all-time favorite video game players ever so
0: I don't know why you're making fun of all these Hoyas, but I, you know it's it's odd you never bring up like Allen Iverson or Alonzo Morton.
1: <laughs> Jerome probably. Williams, the J, junkyard dog. That's I love Jerome Williams,
0: Pat Ewing, the Kenby Matumbo,
1: Patrick Ewing Jr. or Patrick Ewing the original, both. Okay, <laughs> do, do you really want to bring up Patrick Ewing Jr., Jr.? Pat
0: Ewing Jr. Absolutely. How about hey, listen, you want to talk about great Hoya basketball players? How about former NFL commissioner Paul Tagliabue? <laughs> Did
1: that- he play ball? Did he hoop?
0: He was the he was Georgetown's all time leading rebounder up until like fifteen years. Hell ago. Hell yeah,
1: good for him. Sleepy Floyd, I think was a uh, wasn't he a, a Georgetown? Absolutely. What we doing? I don't want to yes. talk about David Wingate. I remember That's he's definitely David a Georgetown Wingate? guy. Yeah. yeah. Reggie um, Williams. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was Athila <sighs> like Harrington? Was he a Georgetown guy too?
0: Yes. Hell yes, yeah. he, the,
1: big bodies. They 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 grow big there in Georgetown.
0: Othel, Othello Harrington was the center after Alonzo Morning.
1: Some big big dudes out there. Yeah, some not always tall. Sometimes wide too. But
0: they went, they went Ewing, Matumbo, Morning Othello Harrington. Her,
1: Harrington was a dude though for a while. He, he he was a dude in the NBA for a little bit too.
0: Yeah, solid player. Solid player. And then recently with you know Roy Hibbert and Henry Sims, yeah, a little more effective in college than the pros, but...
1: Hey, Roy had know. a good run, but it, the problem was overnight the NBA game changed around him and he woke up and yeah. went, uh-oh, <laughs> I can't play in this league anymore, and then he yeah. couldn't play in the league anymore, and then he went away, so... Yeah, he Wasn't woke an up and all the one. centers were now six foot seven and shot threes, and he went, okay, I'm done, <laughs> so...
0: That's enough NBA for me. Same
1: thing happened to Greg Monroe, who has been able to kind of adjust a little bit. But but yeah, he woke up one day and said, hey, I score 18 a game or 20 a game. And they said, no, you don't. (laughs) You come off the bench and you get a few rebounds, but you are no longer uh, a top player. And he went, okay, I'm no longer a top player. And then he wasn't a top player anymore
0: you know greg Monroe was a ball handling slender slasher in college and then he goes to the nba and decides i'm gonna gain weight and be a post-up center right which at was the not a bad time...
1: idea not a bad idea it's well, just the problem was like the next year it became a bad idea
0: yeah at the worst time in history he decided to gain weight and become a post-up center um so that was that hey weren't you at the game where the Bucks ended the Warriors' win streak and Greg Monroe went the fuck off. Yes, with like 40 yes, we've talked about
1: that a lot. Yes, that, I was at that game. I, I, I drove up uh, from Chicago to Milwaukee to watch the, uh, the the Bucks and the Warriors, and yeah, Greg Monroe had an absolute killer game. Like he ended that win streak, like the all-time what yeah. what, what was on pace to be the, the the best NBA win streak ever. They were very very close to the Lakers. I forget how close they were uh, to matching the, the the seventy-two Lakers or whatever, yeah. but th- then. Big ass Greg Monroe got on there and just worked the Warriors all night with his post game. It was awesome. Yeah, Andrew
0: Bogut had no answers. <laughs> I don't um, think Bogut was on a team. <laughs> probably not. Bogut was on
1: the Warriors. Uh, I, well, uh, no, no, no. You're right. Um, shoot. I, I think no, Bogut was gone by then. He, he may. No, no, he was still there, but I think they didn't really play him that much. I think he was just kind of a dude. Well, point. he
0: was there with the Mark Jackson led teams. He went away and then he came back one year, but I don't know Right,
1: right, the- right. I, yeah, he may have been off this no. team, but uh yeah, I, I'm, I'm pulling know, up the I'm no. pulling up the box score. Oh, this is not the right box score here one sec. Warriors win streak. This is all much better than talking about money in the day, by the way. All right, let's do this here real quick. Let's go over the uh, the box score here. Good box score. nba.com. It's over. Bucks Hand, which by the way is the most fun game I ever went to. Like when we left the, the, the building, people were just they were dancing in the streets. It was like a parade went off for the Bucks to to, to, to beat the Warriors here on December fifteenth or December thirteenth, twenty fifteen. Uh Bucks Warriors. Alright, let's 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 get this line here. We we need to be Need to be accurate about this game, uh, in all.
0: Was uh, Giannini, Antin and Kupo on the team? Perfect,
1: at? nailed it. Yes, Giannis Antetokounmpo was indeed on the team, but he was he was very okay. young at that point. But uh, yeah. all right, so Andrew Bogut was the starting center for that team, and he had no answer uh, whatsoever. Twenty two minutes, one of three from the field, seven rebounds, yeah, but only two points for Andrew Bogut. Was uh, David Lee on that? Uh, David team? Lee was, I th- no, think, at not. this point he had left. Yeah, because. At this point, he had been easily replaced by uh, Draymond Green, but uh, yes, uh, Greg Monroe, thirty-six minutes, eleven to seventeen from the floor, eleven rebounds, twenty-eight points to lead the Milwaukee Bucks in points scored.
0: Yeah, bunch of big buckets down the stretch. Yes, if I he recall. did. Yes, so. he did.
1: I remember you were you were hate watching that game to see if I could well, mush, you know, if I could mush you, another team, and I was able to mush yeah, the, the legendary win streak. So,
0: you are a classic all-time mush. You really are. You you, you, re, you witnessed the Warriors. Win streak ending.
1: The Pauls start like <laughs>
0: thirteen and zero. They haven't recovered since. Win by trust. the way, they have
1: not recovered since.
0: They have not recovered since. Dave, Dave Lato got true.
1: fired again, right? Yep. All their good they players were like, transferred. Like I, I, I killed that team overnight. I killed that team.
0: You did. They were having a Renaissance year. <laughs> you went to a game. They lost, and they haven't recovered since.
1: It's <laughs> right. everyone's fired. Everyone's gone.
0: You leave town instead of going to Forbidden Door, and it's one of the greatest pay per views in American yeah. pay per view history.
1: You're a mush. I see good stuff too. I see, I, usually, I'm not a wrestling bush though. I see good wrestling shows. So, yeah. Anyway, all right. Let's get back to the premium live event here from the intimate confines of the MGM Grand Garden Arena. We have Ronda Rousey, who yes is still there, even though you would never know, uh, defending the SmackDown Women's Title against Natalia. And oh boy, Joe, this this build. Have you followed the build for Ronda Rousey and Natalia? I
0: will tell you what, I like it.
1: You like you like Ronda Rousey calling you know Natalia and her sister a. a Dime store only fans or whatever she called it. Yeah. And then Natalia being like, hey, look at my boobs. Hey. Dime store only fans. Yeah, well here are my boobs while I'm eating cupcakes. It's uh yeah. Look at my
0: giant tits and my (laughs) sister's giant tits. (laughs) Yeah. Um no, I I enjoy them shooting on each other like this. Um it's it's been
1: you would it's never know what the locker room's like, because you're always in your tour bus. Oh. Yes.
0: Yes. No, I've enjoyed the sniping. I like yeah. that stuff. Uh, yeah,
1: I guess. So, it's fine.
0: Um, I don't expect Ronda to lose in this spot. No. But...
1: No, no, no. And Ronda, I mean, dude, it, this is, I mean, she's a nothing. Dude, nobody yeah. cares. Does anybody care that Ronda Rousey's there? I mean, I can't believe.
0: Now, it's funny. Whenever we bring up wwe and all their part-time stars we never bring up ronda <laughs> no <laughs> she's just like she doesn't feel like a star at kind
1: all. of there and you're like oh yeah there. yeah which is yeah. nuts because what's going to happen is people are going to retcon like her first run which when she was a discernible like a very very big star and yep. was drawing pay-per-views and is the reason that revolution show happened and was drawing tv ratings and stuff but people are now going to kind of be like ah nah you know remember when she came back and didn't do it and like and we're gonna kind of live in a world where that wasn't actually a thing, but it was a thing. It's just so not a thing now. So yeah, yeah. Wild. Anyway, Women's Money in the Bank. Oh my lord! Some of the names in this match. By the
0: way, quick, very quickly, Ronda is minus fourteen hundred in that <laughs> match. She's not losing that match.
1: What 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 are the odds I can get for uh for for Natty? Plus Natty by nature. What am I gonna get from Natty by nature?
0: Five and a half to one. Five fifty. Hmm. You know, it's hundred. I mean, it's bucks.
1: worth five bucks, right? <laughs> I can also just light five dollars on fire, but I don't know.
0: They don't cap me on WWE bets. I have a twenty-five dollar cap on AEW bets. Interesting. I think I cleaned them out so many times yeah, on AEW. Yeah, Because yeah. you can
1: actually bet on AEW stuff and be right.
0: Yeah, AEW, you could actually figure out the booking, or you know, you could just never mind. And then WWE, that the booking is so hard to figure out, <laughs> right. like. I, I, I have a harder time with it. But I don't have any limit on WWE bets. AEW, they're now capping me because that one pay-per-view, I cleaned them the fuck out. What was the one where Moxley wrestled Satoshi Kojima? Uh, all Out. I put my whole bankroll on Moxley. I, I was like, this is a fucking lock of the century, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, he was a big favorite, but still, you know, I yeah. You know, and it's like, um, and then the whatever show was after that, what show was after that? Uh, whatever, after All it Out would
1: have... Then, point, it doesn't matter yeah. The point is AEW booking yeah,
0: Is much easier to figure out You know so Full gear. Um, Full
1: gear was in November
0: Yeah like this time around Even though I was capped Like Goto and Yoshihashi Had very good odds Against QT and Solo They were only like minus 200 or something That was a lock Like they weren't losing that to QT and Solo You know what I mean Um You know, I I sweated out, you know, Lee and Strickland over Despy and uh, Kanemaru, but only because Despy and Kanemaru's work was so good that they they you know made me think the false finishes were gonna. But I mean, those are good examples where the odds weren't even that long, and it's it's easy to bet on. So now they've capped me on AEW bets, but um, there's no cap because I tested it the other day. I could put whatever I want on these WWE matches, but I'm afraid to bet any of them. They're too. That company's too volatile. You never know what they're going to do. They could do any finish. It doesn't matter.
1: <sighs> so, this Money in the Bank, this Women's Money in the Bank match is, oh boy, this is, this is some rough go here. Lacey Evans, Alexa Bliss, Ya Only Live Once, Raquel Rodriguez, Asuka, Shotzi, and Becky Lynch. Yeah. The ladder
0: match. Um, there are no odds on my bookie currently on that uh-huh. match. Um. You know, you would think Becky, right? But it's uh, yeah. But they've put this fucking thing on Otis before, so who the fuck knows, <laughs> right?
1: It could be uh, it, it is around the Fourth of July, so maybe they go with Lacey. You know what I mean? They they go with Lacey. I don't think, I don't think the odds for Raquel Rodriguez are very good, but uh, yeah, you never know.
0: I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's impossible to Who predict. Could possibly yeah. fucking care. Uh,
1: money in the bank, men's money in the bank. Seth freaking Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, Omos, Sami Zayn, Riddle, and the always dangerous to be decided.
0: A lot of big names.
1: <laughs> Those are the, all the stars are out.
0: <laughs> Riddle won the battle royal this week on Raw after they. He, he he loses the the really good. He had a really good match against Roman Reigns. And yes, lost. that match was good. I,
1: I will say I watched that one as well. A good match that people should watch.
0: He can't challenge anymore. That was the stip. And then they kind of like make him look like a geek the next week. And then the next week he wins. This is what I mean with this company. You never know what they're going to do. Then he wins the Battle Royal the next week. Yeah, there was, there was
1: a lot of made. like make it make sense tweets about Riddle losing on yeah. Raw. And it's like, no, they're not going to
0: make sense. No, like It's not make it going make to make sense. It never just, makes sense.
1: Just go past that. It's not going to happen, guys.
0: Yeah. stop trying to make it make it. it's yeah. never going to make sense it never makes sense which is why they i have no cap on my bets on my book
1: <laughs> they want you to put 500 dollars down on, <laughs> on somebody you no think idea. is a mortal lock just so you can look yeah. like a fool when you know natty does beat you know ronda rousey with the title so yeah there you go and then the raw women's title bianca belair versus carmella Holy shit. Does it, this card sucks. Am I missing a match? Is that it?
0: No, it, it, the card stinks. <laughs> is that it's, the uh, card?
1: <laughs> For the intimate confines the of the IBM Grand Garden Arena?
0: No, nah, because they've already started building SummerSlam.
1: That's this it. Is just That's like, the card.
0: Yeah. They're not putting any effort into it. They're, they're, their focus is SummerSlam.
1: <laughs> they want they, people on the 4th of July weekend to go to the intimate confines of the MGM Garden Grand Garden Arena and watch this fucking show. They want me to sit at my house on Fortnite weekend and watch this shit?
0: It already bombed, and they don't care. They wanted to run the football stadium. It didn't work out. All their efforts have gone. If you watch the TV, which you don't even pretend to watch anymore, they don't even – all the efforts are towards SummerSlam. This is just a a little fucking annoying bump on the road to SummerSlam. There's no effort put into this.
1: Good Lord. Well, uh, do not uh stay up on uh on Saturday night for an instant reaction live. No live would, instant I would, reaction. I would huh? not expect it. Yes. Uh stranger okay. things have happened, but I would certainly not expect it. So, I'm game. You, you knock yourself out, man. Knock yourself you out. You got to
0: watch but See, see the thing you have to watch these live. I'm not going to. It's torture if you try to watch <laughs> I'm it. I'm not going to. OK, you're, you're, you're listen, I'm not spending
1: is, the set. Sa- no, I have something else to do the Saturday. You know what's going to happen? Weekend. What's going to happen?
0: You're going to w- be whining to me on Tuesday Absolutely. when you're trying to watch it.
1: No, I'll, well, no, 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 no. I'll do the gimmick where you watch it. and Then you, you quiz me. I love that gimmick because I don't know. Oh, you want to then. do the game. I love I that game. I so love you, that game. It's a great game. Oh,
0: all of a sudden you love. Oh, I see. So now this is how you're going to get out of watching.
1: Yeah. all. These yes. Duh. <laughs> I think that was clear from the beginning.
0: OK. All right. So next week we'll do the game. I will work three lives. Maybe
1: I might. I might watch. We'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. I might. Well,
0: if Rich it. doesn't watch, I I, I always thing.
1: try to watch it. But if I if I watch it, my brain melts immediately. Then yes, we'll do the game.
0: They're so much easier to watch live. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's oh because... no no you
1: cannot. Just because you've invested your time, like you you've sat down on on your couch, and you said okay. The, this night, I'm going to sit and... You know, it's, it's Saturday night or whatever. It's late. It's yeah. 7 p.m. You've probably done everything you needed to do. The problem with me is, like, I'll try to... You know, I'll come home from work on, like, a Tuesday and be like, all right, let's do this. Money in the bank. And it's, like, 20 minutes in. I'm like, I couldn't be doing anything else than this. What am I doing with my life? Like, or I'll wake up early and try to watch these things. And I'm like, no, you, you can't. You can't. You can't.
0: All I know is I'm going to be getting messages on, like, Wednesday afternoon about how how... <laughs> torturous it is you're trying to get through this show when you could just tune in on what it? i think it's saturday, saturday. Too. it is
1: saturday yeah clear your clear your calendar folks saturday july 2nd for the intimate confines of the mgm grand garden arena Money to make premium yeah. live event over on PeacockTV.com. so all right and, well, and the cock it's built into your cable as well so
0: i'll be settling in for a little ronda natty on saturday <laughs> night <laughs> And,
1: uh, <laughs> booze versus bus. Yeah. The booth, the, the booth mm-hmm. versus the bus. You can't wait. Yeah. Did you see, she was said, you know, Ronda Rossi said, oh, you get a lot of Botox. And Natalia said, well, at least I get jabbed. Oh, vaccine. It's good. It's not bad. It's not bad.
0: I, I like it. I think it's good shit. They've had some, uh, they've had some good zingers back and forth. You know, it's, it's, it's better than the usual WWE builds, which couldn't possibly care less about. These two are going at it on social media. You know, and uh they're hitting a little close to home. I don't know. What do you want from me? It's the third hour. I'm trying to make something out of this. Okay. <laughs> okay.
1: We don't have to. We're done. That was the premium live event. Money in the bank. Uh there will not be an instant reaction live and we will definitely talk about it next week. But in what form, i uh, will find out later. But uh, uh last topic here will hit and then we can maybe do some uh some some uh Anything else comes to mind in the last few minutes of the show here? ROH, uh, Death Before Dishonor. Tony Khan made it official. Death Before Dishonor 2022 uh, will take place. You said this a little bit earlier. Uh, Saturday, July 23rd in Lowell, Massachusetts. I, I forgot to look up what the name of the arena is. Does not matter. Um, Saturday, July 23rd, Lowell, Massachusetts. Uh, if this means anything, Jonathan Gresham, Mercedes Martinez, FTR, Samoa Joe, Wheeler Utah, and Jay Lethal were on the poster. Uh, for it. Well, that that's
0: event. all the champions right. and we know that Lee Lee, and Joe.
1: Right. So you got that. Uh the show will be available on BR Live as well, but this is now going to be the first official Ring of Honor thing in the post, you know, in the, in the post Tony Khan era of of you know, the the Supercard of Honor was kind of half in between. It was kind of half booked, half kind of put together, but this is I I would say this is final. This is officially the Tony Khan run ROH and the first of major show from them. That's before signing 2022, uh, July 23rd. So uh, I'm excited to see what what it what it looks like.
0: Well, Supercard of Honor was really good. I thought the wrestling was really good. It obviously had possibly the match of the year with the Briscoes and FTR. They did a lot of angles, they did a lot of title changes, they kind of reset the deck. For this new Tony Khan-owned era. And this will be... But like you said, you know, that was kind of... The show was already advertised. He felt obligated to put it on. So this will be the first show that they have planned start to finish. Under the new ownership. And, you know, they don't have TV yet. So what the business strategy seems to be is... Instead of sitting on this property waiting around for TV, we're going to keep it alive and we're going to keep the flame lit and we're going to run pay-per-views and we're going to, you know, sell some tickets and try to sell some pay-per-views and draw some revenue in the meantime before we finally get some TV, which they're working hard to try to get. And in order to do that, we kind of have to blend the ROH wrestlers and storylines and things Uh, like that into the AEW television, because if we don't, then it's impossible to sell the pay-per-views if we're not promoting them on some form of TV. So eventually when they get TV, they can break whatever the ROH roster is going to be off onto the ROH TV, and then the ROH titles and storylines and everything will be, um, I I don't want to say completely contained, To the ROH television because with both promotions owned by the same person. I would be stunned if there's not always some type of crossover. Um, I don't know if you want to overdo the crossover because then it's less meaningful if you want to kind of draw money off of crossing it over or doing interpromotional matches. So when they finally do get TV, I think you want to keep ROH away from AEW as much as possible. Um, At least at first But for now It's kind of impossible not to Because how are you supposed to sell a pay-per-view If you can't promote the matches on TV Right. So that's kind of where we're at here Um, I think that Tony Khan This is where Tony Khan Being kind of a wrestling nerd And being one of us Kind of works to our advantage Because I think he respects the legacy of ROH I think he was an ROH fan In fact, I know he was an ROH fan I think he wants to keep the history and legacy of ROH alive. And instead of just buying the tape library, sticking it in a storage locker and folding everything into AEW, I think, number one, he's a wrestling nerd who wants to keep ROH alive. And number two, I think that he truly believes that He's got the energy and the talent and the skill to successfully build two wrestling companies at the same time. It's going to be an incredible challenge. I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if he can pull it off. The first show was really, really good. I'm very excited about Death Before Dishonor for that reason. Um, The first show felt like an ROH show. ROH cryons and graphics and and presentation ian rickabone and and uh, caprice coleman in the booth bobby cruz and he's kept all those people on he has worked them into the AEW shows when they do roh matches so uh you know the legacy and 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 the feel of roh was definitely there for supercard i think it'll be there for this show as well and um i think this is cool as hell i mean you know if the shows are as good as supercard was and eventually when they kind of have their own distinct roster Um, I I think this is going to be another viable promotion that I could pay attention to and sink my teeth into. So, um, you know, I I hope it works out. Yeah. I know.
1: I was going to say, it's an interesting thing that he's going to do here. And I'm very curious how it goes. Um, There's obviously going to be a lot of crossover between AEW and Ring of Honor. And, in in some ways, I think it's a it's a way for him to get additional AEW programming on television, on pay per view, on YouTube, on whatever future streaming service if they ever do, uh you know if they ever link up with a future streaming service. It's it's a way to produce more content, wrestling adjacent content without necessarily it being more AEW content, without it being okay. This is another AEW show on top of what we already have. But the double the other part of that too, I should I should say is that I do think that he does want it to be a little bit different. And yes, there has to be a little bit of crossover and there's naturally going to be a lot of crossover, but I do think that there's also this fun challenge of also booking this secondary company and booking this other company that, that has this legacy that has a history that, that, that is, you know, something that means a lot to, to Tony. It means a lot to a certain, um, number of 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 AEW fans as well, so it's a little bit of both. I could see why there's a little bit, but I think like I, I we'll we'll see over the next couple of weeks. I think there's a lot of people wondering, oh well, what is you know what exactly is this going to be? Is this going to you know uh, you know uh, be you know conflicts with AEW? Is it going to take away from AEW? Is it going to make ROH seem secondary? I don't know. We we don't know just yet. We don't know exactly how it's going to lay out, but. I tend to think that AEW will still be of the most importance and AEW will obviously get most of the focus, but yeah, you got to sell these things too. I mean, this is something you do need to sell. And I, and I think there's a way to work both these things in without being overwhelming uh, on working on ring of honor. I, I think it's going to be a really, really fun challenge to see how they do it and um, <clears throat> you know, and how they relate uh, both of these companies and, and, and how both these companies, um, you know, how both these companies interact with one another and, and, and yeah, what ROH looks and feels like.
0: Well, you know, he bought this thing, and I guess the mindset is why have it sit dormant until I figure out what I'm doing with T V if I if, if he feels like he can run these quarterly pay per views or however often he's going to do them and draw some revenue out of it. You know, he's got television, so he can for now mix the talent in with, to the AEW television and sell some pay per views and sell some tickets. That the Supercard of Honor show did very well. Um, I think he said at the Scrum it was one of the top uh producing ROH pay-per-views of all time. So in terms of buys. So um why not run these pay-per-views until you get TV? I'm I'm not opposed to this. It it, it, it keeps the flame alive, it keeps ROH in people's minds. And um, you know, so when they eventually do get television and split off into their own thing. Because remember, these are Technically, two different companies. This is his
1: personal money. This is not all elite wrestling inc or LLC. I don't know what the hell the official company name is, but yeah, it's the
0: books are not mixed, it's two separate companies. It just happens to be two companies owned by the same person. So, um, when he does eventually split them off, instead of just what he decided to do was instead of just bringing ROH back out of nowhere when he gets TV is to keep ROH alive, to at least keep the burner on until they get TV and keep it front and center in people's minds and start getting the wrestlers and the stories over so that when you get TV, you hit the ground running. You already have Satnam Singh and Jay Lethal and Sanjay feuding with Samoa Joe. You already have your champions established. You you already have things going on. So when the first episode of ROH TV is on whatever network it's going to be on, Um, you're already coming in. It's not a blank slate. They don't have to start retelling stories. They did that already at Supercard of Honor, and they've done that already on the AEW TV. So, um, yeah, that's the – and honestly, it's probably the strategy that I also would have – I mean, why not run pay-per-views and make a little money off of it before the TV starts? I don't see any downside whatsoever. So the only downside you could possibly come up with is – how much of AEW's TV time are the ROH storylines going to take up, right? But AEW uh, is not building their own pay-per-view yet; they're not doing that right now. So it's really not interfering in the builds to a full gear or, or or a revolution or whatever, because they just they just had a pay-per-view. That paper. So now this, uh, you know, couple of weeks here, they could devote a little bit of their TV time to building some of these ROH stories. I don't think it's going to do any damage and it's it's at the end of the day it's going to help draw money because you're trying to sell AEW fans on this ROH pay-per-view. So, and if you keep ROH alive on AEW TV, when you do roll out an ROH television show and get the promotion going full, you know, full bore, it's more likely that AEW fans will check it out because they've been seeing it on their TV this whole time. So, I probably would handle it the same way that Tony Khan's handling it, you know, keeping it alive instead of just, you know, throwing it on. P instead of you know putting in mothballs and then digging it out of the closet once you get TV. I think this is the smarter path.
1: Yeah, I, I right. do too. And I, I think, like you said, I, I think you have to be careful about when you run these ROH shows. And July is a perfect time. You're, you're in between uh, AEW shows. Nothing super pressing is going on, and this might actually be. A cure for that lull that people always bring up about the 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 space in between AEW pay per views. I've never read any complaints that I'm perfectly fine with it. I like the, the I yeah. like the fact that the, the pay per views are more quarterly, uh, more spread out. But there there is. I will also admit that there is also this weird lull that tends to happen in the middle of them where it's just like, all right, <laughs> you know, what I mean, we're kind of right, we're getting a little long in the tooth here. And I feel like these Ring of Honor shows could be the cure for that. They they are. And again, like I said, it's AEW adjacent television without adding more hours to aew the the idea of you you can use aew talent you can develop aew talent you can develop people for at the end of the day if a guy gets super over in ring of honor they're probably going to be put up to aew you know i mean like they're not going to be kept on 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 ring of honor there's going to be an importance you know aew is going to be of the utmost importance the entire time but like it's a way to produce that more content without necessarily making it another thing that aw fans feel they have to watch or are, you know do have to watch and they've done that with i mean there was a while where everybody watched every episode of dark and now only weirdos watch dark you know what i mean some people watch Dark but yeah you included you're one of the weirdos but like you know and then dark elevation came and people were like oh now i gotta watch another hour of uh, it's, no you don't you don't have to watch those if you want to they're provided for you and you can watch them but they're not essential television and, and that's kind of what i feel this is the spring of honor thing is that it's it's you can think of it in two different ways. You can think of it as ROH a separate company, which, you know, it is gonna be run very much as a separate company, but it is also, you know, not you know, completely required AEW television, but kind of also AEW television in, in a weird way. And I think that's that'll be fun to see how they how they, you know, maybe combat some of those pay per view lows, the the long build lows with with, you know, our ROH pay per views in between here. And then eventually when RH gets its T V uh full blown um um you know week to week and stuff so we'll, we'll see But uh, I mean hell it's worth a try it, Like it, it, definitely better than keeping on mouthballs, Like you said definitely better than just keeping it there And hoping that you can use the video library for something You know if and when you ever get on a streaming Service so I, I think it's a way more effective way to use them
0: Look once it gets up and Running it gives a lot Of possibilities and a lot of advantages That he will then have in play because When Wrestlers start to get Overexposed on one In one of the promotions they all work for you, so you can have them jump to the other promotion. Right. And then that instantly freshens them up and also adds a different and a new dynamic to, you know, if somebody jumps, quote unquote, from AEW to Ring of Honor or vice versa, that uh, helps that promotion and it helps the wrestler freshen up as well without losing that wrestler. Without what, what, what Alan Angels is doing now, he turned down a contract, right. Because he kind of saw himself hitting a ceiling, with with where he was going to go, so he wants to go out on his own and make a name and freshen up. Well, maybe if there's someone in that situation two years from now, when both of these promotions are up and running and running strong, and somebody like an Alan Angels can say, "Hey, you know what, Tony? I would love to stay, but can maybe send me to Ring of Honor, because I, you know, I I need to do something fresh. You know, I, I there's not." I don't see as much i'm kind of blocked here i don't see as much of a path let me go there and kind of stretch my leg, and then maybe you don't lose wrestlers because you could freshen them up by swapping them back and forth so that's one thing and then the other thing is if you ever get roh to the point where it's strong well now you have the possibility of doing interpromotional promotional matches and interpromotional promotional shows and interpromotional promotional feuds and all of those sorts of things now we're looking 10 steps down the line they're nowhere even close to being able to do something like that effectively but you never know what it's going to look like in two years, three years, five years, 10 years. Right. So uh, these are, these are all good reasons why you should give this an honest go. And we've seen Vince McMahon do this with WCW and ECW. He was a, you know, he killed WCW almost instantly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One. Yeah. Basically one match killed. WCW. I had no patience for that whatsoever.
0: Never even gave it a chance. And he gave up on ECW very quickly too. When the house shows weren't drawing well and everything and, and, uh, and that was that. And then he just folded them into his own company. Uh, You know, but it's like, I think Tony Khan will be far more patient because again, the difference between Tony Khan, Vince McMahon is always constantly just going to be looking at the bottom line. Right. It's why Dave Meltzer keeps saying, why are you running these shows under the ROH banner instead of the AEW banner? Because you could make more money if you call them AEW shows. That's 100% true. Yeah, yeah, he's not wrong. But Dave is is thinking short-term. Tony is thinking long-term. Tony knows damn well he can't draw as much money with these ROH shows now by calling them ROH shows. But he's trying to build a second promotion, and these are the building blocks, okay? It's sacrificing short-term to build long-term. And Vince McMahon uh, was – Totally impatient and didn't want to see it through and didn't believe in those brands to begin with. He probably saw them as weak to start with because he beat them. It's a whole different mindset. Tony's a wrestling nerd and he's going to keep ROH alive, right? At least me trying to get into his head. I feel like he's going to try to keep ROH alive and the legacy of ROH alive as long as he can. And I think he'd be willing to break even to do that. I think he'd be willing to lose a little money to do that. You know, if it meant keeping ROH alive and – uh, satisfying his nerdy need to be the booker of these two different promotions and, 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 you right, know, right, and right. Be alive. where Vince isn't interested in any of that. I'm not even saying Vince is wrong necessarily, although I think he should have been a little more patient. Uh, he could have handled both of those. Listen, that's a show for another day. That's an entire three hours, but you know, I, I... look, here's all you need to know when Tony bought ROH and I remember that first media, it may have been the media scrum after Supercard of Honor, as a matter of fact, where somebody asked him, he had said, this is the last time you'll see us at WrestleMania weekend. I don't want to ride their coattails. All the reasons why you'll never see an AEW show at WrestleMania weekend, right? Because it makes you look like you're playing second fiddle to WWE. And then somebody in the room asked him, they said, yeah, but Tony, there's a lot of history with ROH at WrestleMania weekend. And I think ROH fans... Like that history of knowing they could come to WrestleMania weekend and see one of the biggest ROH shows of the year. And Tony actually reconsidered his stance after that person brought that up. And he said, You know what? I never looked at it that way. And you're right. And there is a lot of history at Ring of Honor at WrestleMania weekend. And maybe this is something I should reconsider. And maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing to keep running Supercar. So you could see that he has a soft spot for wrestling history. And legacies and all of those things, and that's why I think, even if Ring of Honor isn't a huge success, I think he'll keep it alive.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, I I think people do need to get used to the fact that again, we always have to reiterate this. The guy's a giant wrestling nerd. He's us if we were we're, we were millionaires. You know what I mean? He was us. Billionaires. yeah. Yeah, he's us if we had like an unlimited access to money. And if I had unlimited access to money, I would probably buy dumb wrestling promotions too, because like, why not? You know, who cares? Like, that's what he loves. That's what he's most passionate about in his life. So when Ring of Honor, when the offer to buy Ring of Honor was there, and with all that it that it entails, and and him having a lot of memories about Ring of Honor, he didn't want it to die. So if the idea was, hey, this thing will die or just kind of peter out, or I can buy it for what I think is a pretty fair value, then yeah, sure. And then hey, you know what? I'll book it. And ultimately if it's a complete disaster it's a complete disaster and if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out i mean i i fuck i'll give him a try i'll let him try it first before i I immediately say that but yeah at the end of the day like you said it's not a bottom line x's and o's profits and loss thing it's a it's a hey this this company and those letters mean a lot to me and i don't want it to die and i'm gonna try to keep it alive the best i can
0: Yeah, and even cm punk said you know he's glad that vince mcmahon didn't end up with it because then the tapes just go in a storage locker and they don't do the right things with them and and CM Punk is someone who cares about the legacy of ROH and, and you know, and, 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 and he was happy with the fact that it ended up with Tony and, um, you know, so I, I think he's excited about the, ch- both the history, keeping the history and legacy alive, and also the challenge of building two wrestling companies. And as far as just as fans go, I'm excited about that. Because I think ROH will be well-run. I think it will be well-booked. I think it will have a distinct feel. And just as a fan and turning off my analyst brain, I'm looking forward to this pay-per-view in July. And I'm looking forward to the eventual television show that hopefully they get. And I think they'll get one. Because what Tony Khan has done now is proven that he could produce winning television. Yeah, He's got the number one show on cable on Wednesdays. Okay. Uh, Rampage has generally performed well in its time slot. Although lately it's really been on a slide and that's something that needs to be addressed. We'll see how the double ring battle Royal does tomorrow night, but he's a hes proven that he could produce winning television. So whether it's Warner media or somebody else, and here's what no one else is. It's like ROH doesn't have to be on prime time on a weeknight. It could be on, on Saturday mornings. It could be on late night. It could be on, on the weekends, you know, just getting it on TV is what's important. He's not trying to run basketball arenas with this right
1: now. Right, he doesn't want a Tuesday night time slot and and, and run this thing in basketball arenas. I don't think that's the the case.
0: Right, so it, it's going to be, it's a long-term play, so it's not, you know, you, you don't have to sell Turner or whoever else, and, and I don't know what the non-compete's going to be. This is where it gets complicated, right? Because I'm not so sure Turner wants him running another wrestling promotion on fucking... You know, name another network on. You know, right, right, right,
1: right. So, that, yeah, like it could they, get a little. It could get a little uneasy in in in, in negotiations where they say, you know, we're to, you know, let's say hypothetically that you know, some NBC Universal property, whatever it may be, insert insert a random NBC Universal property, says, sure, yeah, we'll take this professional wrestling, we'll put it on our our, our network on Saturday nights at 10 p.m. or whatever, and then you know, Tony's going to be promoting that network and that show and that you know all those sort of things on you know Turner. That that's definitely pretty you know that's that's weird that's strange yeah it's not going to work out very well but then there might also be a scenario where you know tony presents this to the turner guys and they go "Eh, we're not that interested and then it puts them in a very weird spot of okay well now do i you know ruffle something like if they're blessing right and that's i say look
0: we don't want this thing go sell it to whoever you want but then then could they
1: say let's yeah that's fine go do that but then if they turn on you know wednesday night and and they're talking about, go watch Ring of Honor tonight on Paramount Plus or whatever. You know what I mean? Oh, well, like, that's,
0: that's, the, that's the USA Fox thing that, that WWE Exactly.
1: Made. And it doesn't go well for them. People hate it. it.
0: It's, <laughs> Fox, it, you know, Fox so hates it's, it.
1: Yeah, Fox hates it. USA hates it. They both hate it.
0: But if you're Turner, you say, all right, well, we believe in you and we know that you can create winning television. But why not just give us another AEW show? Why are you giving us this thing that you have to reprove yourself all over again with? So I could see that from Turner's point of view in a negotiation, like, all right, we trust you. And we, AEW we've established as a brand. Now we have this other thing. I, I, you know, they might, you know, so who knows, but, um, and it's also interesting that the pay-per-view is on bleacher report, which is a Turner property. Right. So it's like, they're already in bed together with this. So you would think that a television deal might not be too far behind, or at least might not be impossible. I am correct that Turner still owns Bleacher Report, right? I mean that's uh, Yes, oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as I know, if, unless they've off shot it at some point, but no, I'm almost positive they still do.
0: So they're obviously Turner's obviously willing to do business when it comes to the ROH brand. So that tells me that they're open to at least negotiating to put it on their their television. And, you know, and, and, and again, I don't know the terms of Tony's agreement with them with AEW. Maybe he can't even do wrestling on another. Maybe he doesn't have any other options than Turner. That's entirely possible. Right. So um, those are all things that I'll have to shake out. But, um, you know, long term, would I be as excited about this if it's just Ring of Honor is this weird thing that's constantly on AEW television, never has its own infrastructure or television show or anything? No, that would be weird. Right. That's just another collection of belts. At that point, you may as well rename them AEW titles. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I think eventually they're going to have their own television show, their own infrastructure, their own website, their own. It's going to be a. It's a. It already is a separate company. So at that point, it will then just be a separate company. But you have all the advantages of having these two promotions, that that are sister promotions that can easily work with one another. The same way that Noah works with DDT, and um, you know, there's probably other examples historically too. Uh, So as long as you don't have a Nakajima knocking out the champion of the other promotion, you know, you're in good shape. And, uh, and, you know, it's a nice thing to have in your back pocket whenever you need to spark business or, you know, you always have this thing where it's like, ah oh, we could do an interpromotional thing or we can move guy, one guy from one place to the other or, or shift stars around. And, um, you know, they, look, everyone seems to think they have this ro- roster bloat and trouble getting everyone on TV. Well, once ROH rolls out, you know, 25 percent of the roster is going to be transferred to Ring of Honor. And that solves a lot of that problem, too. So. Uh, the one danger is it can't just be the young guys because then people will see ROHs. Right.
1: Right. They'll see right through it. it it's y- and it can't just be like full on cat Like I know that they're, they're saving Samoa Joe for this part, but it, it, Samoa Joe can't just be a ring of honor guy. You know what I mean? Like you can't just have some old dudes that go to ring of honor sometimes and never really actually appear on AEW. You know what I mean? Like, I think you have to, it's gotta be a balance. There has to be some bona fide dudes on there every so often. In addition to all the young guys.
0: I think you need real veteran stars on the ROH brand, or people are going to deem it developmental and right. secondary.
1: And not just guys that are only there. Guys that are in my, like, Jay Lethal might be, like, stuck there. That's not, you need more than that. You need, you know, Christian to do a run for three months there. You need, you know, uh, you know Hangman to do a month run in, in ROH. You know what I mean? Like, you need some of that, I think, to help I, establish it a right. little bit more. And Maybe it's not those exact names or whatever. Just, I, I think you need a few of those guys.
0: I think you need, but it also, if you do that, I think they have to be, when they're there, they have to be ROH guys. It can't be, here's Hangman Page from AEW. Yeah, yeah, right. Because then again, you're looking like little brother. You're looking like little brother. And you also can't build it around Lee Johnson and Brock Anderson because then you look like you're NXT. (laughs) Right, right,
1: right. It's Yeah, it's going to be a delicate balance. It's going to be hard.
0: you, You have to have real stars there with the young rest like with the young wrestlers that you want to get more ring time that aren't getting the ring time at AEW, you know, you you have to, you have to, because otherwise you're never going to grow it. And after the initial uh, sort of uh, uh, novelty wears off, people are going to go, well, you know what, this is, you know, Lee Moriarty is the world champ and there's no stars here and it's clearly a developmental. So, you know, no offense to Lee Moriarty, but you know, He's clearly not ready to be a top guy in a major league pro wrestling company is is, just the point I'm making. Um, So, yeah, you do have to have some stars. I mean, you know, so, you know, guys that aren't really doing much that you feel like you can, uh, you know, but that you can move over to the other company. I mean, you're going to have to sacrifice some. I, I really think once they get it going, they have to move a major star to Ring of Honor and they have to be an ROH wrestler.
1: Yeah, I really do. No, I think I, that's, I'm with you. Yeah, and it can't be Samoa Joe. It can't be Jay Lethal. It's got to be a dude. You know, a it's major be... star. Right, right. Yeah.
0: You know, and they've got plenty, and they're, they're going to have to sacrifice one if they're serious about establishing Ring of Honor. And look, like you're saying, they don't have to stay there for five years. They can do a six month run or a year run, and then you can bring them back to AEW, and at that time they they can help freshen AEW up. So. I don't know. I think it's exciting. I I like this. And I hope they get the TV sooner than later. And, um, again, I don't even think it has to be, like, a great time slot. I really don't. I think they can get – if they can get on TV, I think, really, at this point. I think, like, a Saturday morning show, old school, or even something late night, I think that would work out fine. I think that would even feel – you know, because, again, you're not trying to fill basketball arenas here. You're not trying to fill Arthur Ashe Stadium yet. This is, you know, this is the beginning stages, and you're, you know, uh, you're already ahead of the game of where Sinclair was. I mean, Supercard of Honor did way better with Khan than it would have done under Sinclair. Right.
1: Uh, so, real quickly, uh, two things. There was one other thing I wanted to talk about briefly, but uh, we we should get this. Uh, WrestleNomics, Brandon Thurston just reported this uh Forbidden Door generated about 127,000 worldwide pay-per-view buys across digital and traditional distributions, according to multiple people at AEW and New Japan who are familiar with the sales. Uh, Just over 7,000 of those sales happen on New Japan's streaming service, New Japan World. So um, after splitting pay-per-view revenues with various carriers, net revenue for the event will come to about $4.4 not including any sales from theater viewing or sponsors like DraftKings. So uh, that puts Forbidden Door, co-promoted by AEW New Japan, behind several of AEW's prior events. This is on the WrestleNoMics Patreon, by the way. Uh, if you uh, definitely, I think, if you're interested in this segment that we're talking about right now, or interested in any of the business segments we talked about, it's definitely something you want to get involved with uh, the WrestleNoMics Patreon. But uh, I put Forbidden Door, co-promoted by AEW New Japan, uh, behind several AEW's prior events, including All Out, which was 5.6 million All Out 2021. Uh, Double or nothing 2022, about 5.1 million, and Revolution 4.7 million. That's Revolution 2022. So, that's um, uh, last Sunday's event would be on par or slightly more lucrative than the Full Gear 2021 event in November. So, it, it slots in below some of the more recent AEW pay per views in terms of overall revenue, but better than Full Gear 2021 in November. Is so, this
0: exactly what we predicted last
1: week? Pretty much exactly what we predicted last week. Maybe we know what we're talking I mean, about.
0: I did the I did we did the bit in the beginning but yeah. you were right there with me. This is exactly what we predicted yeah, last week. Yeah, I think week. I said
1: 120 to I think I said 100 to 120 with one being closer to 120. I was 127 was the full number. I said Something it'll like do that. worse than all out and it'll do worse than double or nothing but probably better than some of the other tertiary events and it did.
0: We said, you know, if it did 80 or 90, like people were saying.
1: Mike today, yeah. Oh, I don't know. This thing's going to struggle. No, no. He said that'd
0: be a failure.
1: Yeah. Well, it didn't fail. I
0: thought 100 100 was the floor for success, and we thought it could do over 100. This is exactly what we said last week. 127. I mean, you know, that's a great number for this show. With everything they – you know, you didn't have your main event. You lost all these guys to injury. You allegedly had the worst build under the sun, and they still did 127,000 pay-per-view buys. Ah, come on. Put this thing in a – listen. You put this thing in a stadium next year. People are healthy. You get all the stars from New Japan. And then, based on how great it was this year, this thing could do 150-plus next year easy. You get, like, Okada Punk on top or something. Put the dream matches together that we thought we were getting this year. Put it in a stadium. This thing will do 150-plus. Man, you people are lucky I didn't have this number before <laughs> I did any so of my glad. audio today. I'm
1: so glad this number you, just came like 10 you're minutes lucky. ago.
0: I feel like re-recording the – I'm going to go re-edit the Thursday TV reviews like a real hacky edit job where I like splice in the 127 number into my – no, I'm not touching that rant. People love that rant. I better just leave it alone. Maybe do an
1: additional rant, yeah. Maybe uh, maybe tell Mike today he's dumb again. So
0: They're calling that an all-time Lanza rant on the Thursday TV <laughs> the reviews.
1: The people are calling it, yeah, the, yeah.
0: So, five dollars. People tier, are calling
1: you know, it the best yeah. piece of audio ever created. So,
0: that's true. That's true. That's that's verifiable on our Discord. People love that rant today. Um, but yeah, no, that those are phenomenal numbers. You know, when, when Khan said over 100, I was thinking ah, I probably did 110, 115, right? But 127, you know, 7,000 in Japan. Remember, this aired at, like, 5 in the morning on Monday morning in Japan.
1: <laughs> right, right.
0: So, you know, uh, just a massive success. And I guess that means we finish up the show right where we started. We're out of topics, right?
1: Uh, yes, I had one brief topic I wanted to talk about because we're approaching the 4th of July uh, 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 holiday. Uh, Joe, what do you think about fireworks? No, I'm kidding. Um, are we ever going to find out what happened to the Lex Luger WWE Icons documentary? Because I don't know if you recall, Joe, but last year yeah. – in 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 trying to get ahead of this wb icons thing which by the way they put promotion on youtube they put promotion on fox sports they had justin Barrasso write an article about it they put it all over youtube they said premiering this weekend on peacock is WWE icons lex luger and they were gonna talk about the lex luger's career they were going to talk about him slamming yokozuna on the uss intrepid and finally defeating japan for the glorious uh, the glory of united of the united states they did. They had all this promotion, and then on July fourth, when they said it was going to come, it never came. And now I did a show on flagshippatreon.com where I watched the entire because they put it up on Peacock to get ready again on Peacock. They put the entire Stars and Stripes Challenge on Peacock, and I watched every minute of it, and I reviewed it for for flagshippatreon.com. It sucks. Don't watch it. It's a, It's like Scott Burrell and a bunch of terrible NFL guys, uh very poorly trying to body slam Yokozuna. Lex Luger gets off the helicopter. He slams Yokozuna. USA wins in the end. USA, USA, USA. Um, And then they just fucking never released it. And they said, oh, we're we're delaying it because we want to have a stronger lead-in. That was July 5th, 2021, man. Yeah. We haven't found this thing yet. What the fuck are we doing?
0: That and the Vladimir documentary. Yeah,
1: the Vlad doc. I know they were, like, selling them to TV networks, but, like, I don't know. I feel like... A year later, you know, are we getting the surprise? I want that. I want the WWE icon's Lex Luger. Nothing is more Americana than Lex Luger, you know, flexing instead of Mount Rushmore, in front of Mount Rushmore. You know what? I, I want to see that again, but...
0: Yeah, no, people have been interested in that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they'll never dust it off.
1: And now it's like a forbidden fruit thing. Like, I don't know if I care that much about a Lex Luger documentary, but what the fuck? Like, give it to me. You said you were going to give it to me, and then it never came, so.
0: Yeah, now you want it just because they haven't given it
1: to you. Right, it's apparently done. It was apparently done last year, but we got to wait again. But, uh, well, if you want to hear me meticulously break down the Stars and Stripes challenge, I did that last year. What's worse is I, when we found out, because it was like, July 2nd that they announced that this icons thing was going to go on. And I said, oh, shit, I got to hit this. I was going to go over to someone's house on July 4th. But I delayed... I told them, I'll be there in, like, two hours or whatever. I have to watch this Stars and Stripes challenge and do a a, a podcast about it because I got to get out ahead of them posting this thing to Peacock. So I, I, like... July 4th is going on. There's, you know, people are barbecuing all around me, and I'm sitting here watching Scott Burrell try to body slam Yokozuna and writing notes about it because I had to get out ahead of the content, and then these fuckers never released the documentary. Mm. So pissed. But, uh,
0: well, now I see the root of the problem. They fucked up your content.
1: Yeah, they fucked up my content, and now I'm, yeah. I'm, I've been, I, I had to delay the 4th of July. And, you know, yeah, I'm not going to any parades. You, like, no, I'm you know, I gotta sit here and watch Lex Luger and, and you know.
0: Did you see somebody pointed out on our Discord that WWE has kind of rewritten the history of the Lex Express thing? Have where, they? yeah, on one of the docs or something, um, they they have redone the history to where they are saying the Lex Express bus tour and all of that was before the Intrepid.
1: Oh no 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 no! Which is
0: absolutely false. The Intrepid was first. Then he went on the bus and went across. Right, the area. if
1: you don't remember, he so he slammed Yokozuna and was like, "Hey, Tony, give me a title shot." And Jack Tony's like, ah, "That's not enough to get a title shot. You just body slammed the guy." So then Lex was like, "Well, then I'm going on a bus tour. <laughs> that's gonna yeah. make you give me this title shot." And it worked. He kissed babies well, and, 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 yeah. and, uh, and 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 hugged people. And then Jack Tony was like, "Ah, hey, you know what." You got the shot at Slumber Slam. That's how it worked. That that's why he went on the bus tour. He had to prove to Jack Tunney that the people want this match. Correct. Maybe I'm not the number one contender, but the people need me to be the number one contender. The America needs me to be the number one contender for this. When he I stepped must off that... defeat Yokozuna by disqualification at Slumber Slam, yeah, I yeah. must.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I didn't get over. <laughs> right. um, because when he steps off that helicopter or whatever, the lat all we know of is the narcissist. Yes. Like. He- that's the emergence of the babyface Lex Luger when he, when you know when Scott Burrell of the uh, Charlotte Hornets fails to <laughs> slam Yokozuna, and uh, Lex Luger is successful, he then becomes a massive babyface because of that. Then goes on the bus tour. There's a guy on our Discord who's rewatching '94 WWE, and he he watched one of the docs they have up or one of the you know old home video deals they have up. And they reverse the order of that and change the oh, history.
1: No, you can't. And then that. he
0: went. What he watched that first, and then he went back and he's watching through the '94 TV, and he's like, "Wait a minute, this doesn't match with what they're telling us on the dock. I thought the bu- They make it like the bus tour led to the Intrepid, Oh which fuckers. is reverse. These fuckers. So maybe you don't want that doc. That uh, doc. I probably. Really I,
1: I really don't ever want any WWE doc, but because they're usually bad, but. I thought yeah. this one had a nice charm to it, but I guess, yeah. I guess they're just going to rewrite they'll, history. Maybe they'll so. do the
0: rewritten history, and that'll just annoy you.
1: Yeah, it will. Shit, no. If you want, I think on Peacock, you can watch the Stars and Stripes Challenge. Watch Bill Frelick try to body slam Yokosuna. Yeah. It didn't go well. Lee Rusan, is that a name that you remember? I'm looking at my notes now. Do you Former re- Giants running back. Is that who that was? Yeah, I'm, trying, I'm, trying, I'm going through my notes right now. I took meticulous notes about this. I think I'm just upset that I wasted so much of my time writing these notes about Lee Rusan and somebody blew their knee out too. I forget who it was. And I made fun of that too. <laughs> it was a weird
0: collection of athletes. It, <laughs> it was not
1: a good athletes. collection of athletes. Yeah, it was, uh, it was not good, but yeah, Scott VOW Burrell, retro right? stars and stripes is how you can not find that. So
0: Scott Burrell was definitely one of them,
1: right? Scott, No, absolutely. Scott Burrell was definitely one. Yeah. Uh, he was honestly one of the more po- like guys that I at least knew. Um,
0: oh, cause he played for the, well, did he yeah. play for the bowl before yeah. or after that?
1: Uh, after, 1990, he was on the
0: 98 team. So. Yeah. Oh, right. Uh, he won a title.
1: Uh, of course he did, yeah. Yeah.
0: And uh, he was on, on the I last he was dance... The
1: yeah, and on the last dance, uh, Michael Jordan says, uh, Hey, I'm going to tell your parents you're an alcoholic. <laughs> Scott Brown's like, no, no, no. And he's like, hey... Uh, Jenny and uh, Steve, your son's an alcoholic. <laughs> it's like, all right, <laughs> like, jeez, it's really weird. It's really awkward. You can tell Scott Farrell's like, please don't. He, like, it starts out as a laugh, and then it turns into like, a no, no, no. And, and Michael Jordan's like, being Michael Jordan and kind of an asshole, and he just like won't let it go until he uh, eventually, um, yeah. it does say that, but well, uh, that's not very nice. Yeah, big Keith Sims. Those are two, to remember Keith, Keith Sims. Sims? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, offensive line for eleven seasons between nineteen ninety and two thousand for the Miami Dolphins, and the Washington Redskins.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That does okay. ring a bell. Yeah, I think he wore number sixty
1: nine. Ooh, nice, 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 nice. Yeah. Uh, Julio Pazua, who was a uh, a, a jockey, 5-1, oh. 120 one one twenty, didn't go well. I would assume not. <laughs> Macho Man interviewed him and said, "I hear you're the dark horse." Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it didn't. Get all it right. horse, jockey, yeah. Anyway, VOW retro stars and Stripes. This is the worst part, as I found out all these guys' like sports histories too. So yeah. I'm sitting here on <laughs> the 4th of July afternoon being like, ah, I better find out all of Bill Freelick's awards. <laughs> like, you know, I can't I can't do this podcast without telling people about, you know, Julio Pazua's Belmont Park history. So I gotta sit here and you know let you know what uh, the the races he won. But yeah, fucking
0: Yeah, ridiculous. you know what? They basically got local guys because lee russan played for the giants scott burrell went to yukon well, the jockey runs at, at let's at, think
1: about at, this the, how many dudes are showing up the morning of july 4th to, to go to a, the, the uss intrepid to do some you know wrestling thing yeah you yeah, not, not many people there was a few dudes i will say there, there's uh, well george martin who was a uh, he was a, a giant as well so he's he, a star he doesn't uh, gary baldinger remember gary baldinger Oh yeah. Yeah, he yeah. was there. He, he, uh, he did not he here, did not man. do well. He did not do well. So
0: Yeah. Hmm. Lee Roussan ran for four hundred and fifteen yards in seven years in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, see, this um, is the stuff I got. Yeah. I have
1: these facts he, out here. Do you want all the Lee Roussan facts I gathered last year? Yeah,
0: he left. he left the Giants and went with Belichick to the Browns in ninety one. And then that uh, he the oh, yeah, yeah, his- yeah. Browns.
1: The crowd gasps and booze as he takes off his robe. So yeah. Lee Roussan? Yeah, he was the first one that, that came out The
0: funny thing about Lee Roussan is he hadn't played for the Giants since in four years when he <laughs> was on the Intrepid I'm not sure people would have even remembered
1: him No, just... I, yeah, I don't remember Philadelphia, What do you think about Philadelphia Flyer defenseman Sean Cronin?
0: I don't even know who that is Yeah. If that man wasn't an NHL 95, then I never heard of him <laughs> I
1: think he, he must have been though, right?
0: You would think. I mean, I don't remember him from the game.
1: I don't either. But, yeah, that, that, my Cronin. knowledge of, of of NHL pretty much ends in NHL 95. So, uh, he, yeah, he had to be on there for sure. Okay.
0: He's not. I'm telling you right now, he's not in NHL 95. I would tell. <laughs> no, like,
1: Sean definitely. Cronin? Sean Cronin, yes.
0: C-R-O-N-I-N?
1: Yeah, he would have played for the San Jose Sharks at that time. I play as the Sharks in that game a lot. So, I'll have to – He on.
0: only played – Thirty-four games in '94. It's possible. you know what? Let me go to my NHL '95 strategy guide here. <laughs> you don't. Have okay. to do that. We're overtime. <laughs> I have it saved. Hold on. I okay. Get, please do. Yeah,
1: we need to find out if I
0: got that bookmark. If, if Sean right,
1: Cronin is still there, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you right now. So um, uh, let me just give me a second here. Yeah, Here's yeah. Here's the team roster ratings here on the Sigathon site. Um. We're looking for the San Jose Sharks. San
1: Jose Sharks, yes. All right. I forget they're, they're kind of they're not huge rosters, so it's possible that he is not on there.
0: This site's uh, a very tricky. Uh...
1: <laughs> yeah, this site makes no sense. I'm on the same site as you. <laughs> it's hard to find. Them. I know they're on here yeah, somewhere. Find, there, I think there's another um, place I can find them. It's important information that we must... Uh, must... I, I
0: have to know now, because I don't remember that name. And I play this game, like, still to this day.
1: Oh, man, I'm having trouble finding this, too. Come on. There's a YouTube video of it, but I, I can't. I can't go through
0: that. Yeah, he, that, that's no that's use. That's yeah. no, no use. Come on. Old game facts. Let's see if I can find that. What position did
1: this guy play? Uh, defenseman. Cronin. Defenseman. I found it. San Jose Sharks. Cronin, number 44, defenseman. He's in the game? Yeah, I think he's rated a 35. Or that Maybe that's his number. No, it's a, his number is 44. He's rated a 35. Back when video games were not cowards about the, the ratings. No,
0: they would bury you. He's yeah. one of the worst players in the game. Because there's some
1: guys that you'll see, and they're like 19. And you're like, holy shit. Jesus Christ. Like They used yeah. all of that 100-point scale back in those days. He might be the worst player in the game. Um, you remember they're...
0: in NHL 93 to give Sean Chambers his rating was 1? <laughs> yeah, I do <laughs> That was like a famous video game
1: thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I but, love it. All two video games are the best, man. Because, they, yeah, they had no shame. They Because none of these guys were going to call them about it. You know what I mean? These players didn't care. But now you can't give a dude like a 10, you know, a, a 50 rating or else this guy's going to be like, oh, fuck you. I can't believe I'm a." Uh, there's a guy named Waters who's a 39 on the Kings. He's just a, a defenseman on the Kings. Who, who? What I say Cronin was, though? Uh, you said he was 35. a 35. Okay, so still, yeah, 35 still our lowest that I'm, I, I found just yet. Yeah, well, there you go. If you want to play as the Sharks, you can play Sean Cronin. Uh, he uh, was not able to slam uh, one Yokozuna. Well, he's
0: so. the worst player on the Sharks by far. Yes, by rating. Um, used to, I used to have a dock with every player in the game, but I think it was <laughs> on a uh, it was on a different uh, laptop. Um, that's what I was looking for, but I couldn't find it. But uh. Let me look on the Senators. There's, there might be somebody <laughs> lower on the Senators.
1: How would you nope, know somebody lower no. on the Senators? Because they're a bad team on the game. Okay, okay.
0: Um, their lowest rated guy's at a 38. What was this guy's rating a 35? 35. He might be it. Yeah, let me check these. Sure, uh... might be it. Nope. I knew it. Tony Twist of the Nordiques Tony is a 34. Tony
1: Twist of the Quebec Nordiques.
0: He's a 34. You know why? Because... The guys who were goons and fighters, when they took fighting out of the game, they had no use anymore, and their ratings are all super low.
1: Because oh, okay. Yeah, the goons, have they're not good at anything but fighting. So, yeah. so I was
0: like, let me check Tony Twist because he –
1: Tony yeah. Twist, yeah.
0: So I found a guy lower than Cronin. So there, there you go. Is.
1: All right. There you go. That was the uh, Stars and Stripes Challenge NHL 95 <laughs> deep dive that you were all looking for here. But, let me uh, check
0: the ducks. Let me check the ducks.
1: VOW Retro Stars and Stripes. See, I'll, here's I'll another here's two. another yeah. fighter,
0: Stu Grimson of the Ducks,
1: thirty six. Wow, well, a little higher than Cronin. The I'm
0: fighters sure think all that got might have been
1: Cronin, but was that Cronin's gimmick too? I didn't. I don't know anything about Sean Cronin. I, that's a good
0: but. point. I don't know anything about him, but I'm checking all the fighters, and they're all very low. Yeah, that, that's got to
1: be what he is too.
0: Let me check. Uh, now, some of the now some of the fighters like uh, Doug, Pro, like uh, uh, Bob Probert, they're probably a little higher because Probert had yeah, a little see, bit of game. Yeah, he had a little bit. Yeah, a little skill. He was. You see, Bob Probert was a fifty-four. Yeah, but some of these guys were specifically all they were good for was fighting. Terrible ratings in the game.
1: Yeah, it appears that uh, that that uh, Sean Cronin, his entire NHL career, has three goals. How many penalty minutes? Uh, 887 penalty minutes. There so, you go. Yeah, he just solved it. He's He, a he racked up quite a number of penalty minutes and not a whole lot of assists or points or anything else. So, yeah. He should have just punched Yokozuna in the face. Honestly, he should have. Yeah, he did not. So. Now we have Gerard saying Tony Twist of the Spawn lawsuit. I have got to figure out what that's about. I know we're out of time. Tony Twist mm. Spawn. Did he? F- oh, because there was a spawn character named Tony Twist.
2: Oh shit! Did she my man her. sue?
1: <laughs> that is that's juicy. I, I don't know if I could find it right now, but that is pretty cool. I, dude, fifteen million dollars—a fifteen million dollar jury award against Spawn creator Tom McFar- McFarland—has uh, pushed his comic book business into bankruptcy court. Last July, a St. Louis Circuit Court jury awarded former NHL player Tony Twist $15 million after concluding that his company profited by using Twist's name without permission and Twist's publicity rights were infringed. $15 million. $15 million. Tony hold on, I'm Twist! Gonna,
0: you know what, hold on
1: a second. That's I a great that's win. Important. That's definitely more than he ever made in his entire NHL career. I'm looking Positive. that up. I'm Positive. looking that up
0: right now. Um. Dude, that, you know what look at the contracts hockey... in
1: today's nhl <laughs> like there's no
0: you know what hockey reference.com for some reason doesn't have salaries
1: no because they they're they're not good probably so i think
0: the other the other reference family of sites like baseball reference has salary breakdowns yes. yeah
1: basketball will do the same too so
0: but uh i don't see that on on hockey reference but um Yeah, you know, I'd be I'm surprised. I'm going to go out
1: and live it. and say that Tony Twist did not make $15 million in his uh, NHL career.
0: No, because he played from 90 to 99. Well, <laughs> he, you know, he may have. That is that is 10 years.
1: Hockey Zone Plus has uh, has Tony Twist's salary history here. Let's do this. This is ridiculous. Uh, it says NHL fortune. I don't know what that means. $3 million. I don't know if that's actually true. Uh yeah, so in 1990 he made eighty five thousand dollars. Wow. Uh, 1990. I said these NHL contracts are not good. It's probably they don't yeah, list no them. No shot. Uh, yeah. 1991 seventy six thousand jumped up in 1992 to 117 thousand. Ninety three, one hundred eighty six. Ninety four, one hundred seventy four. Ninety five, one eighty five. 1996 three hundred thousand. Ninety seven pops up all the way to five hundred fifty thousand. Uh, ninety eight six hundred fifty thousand. Uh, 1999 seven hundred and twenty five. 000. he made and nowhere
0: near 15 million dollars he no. made like what like three million dollars like you yeah. said three four million dollars a little more than that but yeah that's wow good for him
1: uh it does not look it does appear though unfortunately that he uh, does not appear to have made all that 15 million dollars to, to spawn company uh declared bankruptcy he it looks like he only got 2.5 million dollars of that so
0: like spawn the comic book Todd McFarlane spawn yeah, yeah,
1: like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I I didn't make the connection that they have a character named Tony Twist. There's like this. Uh, he's like a mobster. You know, he's, he'd be in Tony D'Angelo's crew. Right. right. Yeah. And and I his like names like Tony Twistarelli or whatever, but they call him Tony Twist. And 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 this Tony Twist oh. is like no 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 nah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be searching IPs for characters yeah. Make sure yeah. Cool see Lance. if there's any
1: Lanzas out there because yeah. You should uh, you know yeah. Tony Twist could make a like a cool if it even if you made 15 million or 2.8 million that's a cool bit of money so Tony me twist all right well this uh lore. what excuse me
0: there's some lore
1: yeah there you go that's an absurd absurd show uh anyway we are completely and totally out of time that is and i'll do it for one last time lord lanza let me hold on let me let me get the entire thing here i if i injured you in the most annoying way do you want the do you want the theme song
0: well, yeah, you have to outro. Do you want to me play now?
1: out with the song? I'll play out with the Absolutely. fucking song. Jesus Christ, unbelievable! All right, let me play out with the song. Okay, let's get this. All and I right. want you
0: to say, "I am Rich Creage, and for his lordship, the Lord of Pay Per View Predictions, Lord Lanza." This has been the right. flagship podcast. All
1: right, the music is playing. I am Rich. That has been the flagship podcast. Uh, he indeed, but. I, well, okay, what was that? The honorable, what was I supposed to call you again? Your lordship. All right, I am Rich, and he is your lordship, the accurate pay per view predictor, the lord of pay per view predictions, Lord Lanza. And that has been the flagship podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Take care. We're still in the air. That's not music.